right, guys. Welcome back to the Gray Street Podcast. The beautiful song that you just heard is called Woman by uh, Gray Street, naturally. Um, Mikey, so hit us with one of your uh, amazing questions. Why is More Than Words one of the best love songs of all time? And why is it your, your, why, why is it your favorite love song of all time? Well, it's a great love song. It has a guitar. It has harmonizing. It's... It's a beautiful, beautiful song, and the vo- and the uh, the lyrics are actually really nice too. They are. So uh, yeah, but that's the only song that Extremes ever actually made that's worth a damn. I think "Play with Me" is pretty good. <laughs> I would love to play with you. Mm. So we're gonna continue from the last episode. We're gonna be playing. Uh, well, we're gonna be reviewing. Uh, we're gonna be playing Toy Story three and we're four. Play Toy Story game? three and four. Well, they oh. are games. What do you There's mean? There's games for all the Toy Story movies. Are there really? Yes. I've never heard of a Toy Story three or four game. Toy Story 3 has ga- Oh, actually, I don't know if Toy Story 4 has any games, but That's Toy Story 3 had games. What Disney Infinity doesn't count. Disney Infinity doesn't count. Toy Story 3 had a game. I had the game. It was on PSP, and it was also on consoles. Seriously? Yes. And it was terrible? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? I played... When the Incredibles movie came out, there was a game to go along with it, right? And that was actually like a really good like movie tie-in game. Like You know what, how usually... Which game? The Incredibles. Well, which you one? Oh, the first one, the first one. But which console? Uh, I played it on GameCube. But it was really good. Like I, I played the one for Game Boy, and that one was pretty good. That one's a beat-em-up Oh, up the game, game Boy one was pretty nice, too, yeah. But the one on console, that one was kind of like an action platformer kind of deal. And it was really great, dude. Like, it was really nice. But uh, anyways, so Toy Story 3. We're going to talk about Toy Story 3 and 4. And 4. So, you guys have one more movie before I start ranting about something that I hate. So... You guys have gotten a lot of positivity from me, something that people who know me might not be that used to. Yeah. I mean, uh, like HIV positivity? or. So Toy Story 3, let's go through the <laughs> plot real quick. So basically, the movie starts off, we're like 10 years after Toy Story 2. Yep. Andy's already like 18. He's about to go to college. We assume he's he's already beating his meat. He's already forgotten about his toys completely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll see the room is covered in different posters that, like, they just cover up all the other toys and stuff he had. Yep. And there are still a few toys remaining. We've still got, um, obviously, Woody Buzz. We got Jesse Bullseye. Um, Come on. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. There you go. Rex. You got the Slinky Boy. Slinky Dog, which, by the way, Jim Varney, his voice actor, unfortunately passed away. So he was replaced by John Goodman. John Goodman. Isn't that crazy? Sully. It's like, it's like imagine if Sully was in fucking Monster. I'm sorry, not Monsters Inc. It's, uh, Sully he was is in, in Toy Monsters Story. Inc. Well, he is in Monsters Inc. And that's he is in Toy Story now. He is because he's Slinky Dog. Oh well, that's true. No, I meant to say was like just imagine though, like Sully being. You don't have to imagine he's in it. Well, no, well, that's true. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> so John Goodman is now Slinky Dog. Yeah, he's basically just doing it. You know, he's just trying to do his best. Uh, replacing and, the and, previous, and he, w- and he does a good job. He does actually a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell that it's different, but. Um, Rex is still around. Yep. Um, and the toy soldiers were there, but we, when we start the movie, they're pretty much leaving. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, Andy's mom comes in, says, "You need to figure out what you're gonna do with these toys. Either put them in the trash, or put them in the attic, or put them." Well, I don't think she even gave the attic as a choice. She said, "Either put them in the trash, or put them to like donation." And so Andy, he gets the trash bag and he starts putting all the toys in, with, except for Woody. He puts Woody in his college box. Stuff he's going to take to college. Um, So the toys think they're going to get thrown away, but 
and he's actually going to put him in the attic. Unfortunately, due to some, for some reason, the attic ladder closes on its own. Yeah, which, by the way, I think that's actually a very good uh, reference. Toys in the Attic, Aerosmith. Dude, what if that was intentional? That was that might have been intentional. I don't actually. think it was. No, no, it wasn't. But it's okay. Yeah, but you know, before before this, like Woody was telling everybody that they gotta stay together, and that even if they're in the attic, you know, one day Andy might have kids of his own, and they then he'll play, he'll have them play with you know Andy's kids. So, um, by some con- some random. Uh, I don't even know. The ladder just kind of closes on its own. Yeah. There isn't really anything that closes it. So this movie has a lot m- uh, more contrivances than two and one. So that one had to be an act of God. Obviously. It was an act of God. So, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, Andy's mom sees the trash bag, starts taking it to the curb. And then. Um, well, what happens? Fuck. Did you forget? And then, <laughs> so Woody has to go save them. Uh, Woody, uh, oh, and the garbage man, by the way, if you see his shirt, he has a skull Sid. on his shirt. It's Sid. Or we assume that it's Sid, at least. Yeah. But Sid, I guess he wasn't that, I mean, obviously he was probably traumatized for a while, but I guess he's living, a, I mean, he seems happy enough. Yeah. You know, he's just doing garbage. You Making mean, money. Yeah, like, I mean, garbage men make good money, A lot don't of they? money, yeah, man. Yeah, so he's he's living his life. He's, he's doing all right. He might smell like shit, but you know what? He's living his life. Yeah, maybe he has a wife and kids already. Maybe. Maybe, maybe he destroyed her vagina like he did those toys. Anyways. It's gross. <laughs> that is pretty nasty. You imagine he lights a firecracker in that shit? Oh, sh- my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> So after that, Woody's trying to convince everyone that, um, you know, that he was – and he was going to put them in the attic. He wasn't trying to set them, you know – to the garbage. But the toys don't really believe in Woody. Now, I don't think it makes that much sense that they don't believe him because after all these years, they just don't believe in Woody. Yeah, it's just but, like, hey, fuck you. But they are kind anymore. of in an irrational, emotional state considering that they saw Woody get put in the college box. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, well, well, I guess think about it. I mean, they had they had no leader to cling to considering that Woody was thrown in, in the, the college box. Yeah. So it was just like, well, where the fuck are we going to do? And, like, who's going to tell us, like, what's going to be right or wrong? You know what I mean? So, you know, when Woody was throwing that college box, pretty much all bets were off. Like, they had really no real leader because Woody was a real leader for, like, the longest time. Yeah. So. But they decide they're going to sneak into the daycare box and get sent to Sunnyside Daycare. Um, and due to because uh, Andy's mom, you know, gets into the car, Woody doesn't have time. So he goes in with them. They make it to the daycare, and they see they. This is where they meet our main antagonist, Lotso, Lotso Hug and Bear, who, by the way, the real toy actually does smell like strawberries. Smells delicious. Smells if, awesome. If you can go to Disney World and get one, please do so. Yeah, Lotso Hug and Bear, he's good. Better villain than Gabby Gabby. But we'll get to that. <sighs> but we'll talk to that. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that later. Okay, so when they're in the daycare, what happens? When they get to the daycare, basically they see. Oh my God, it looks wonderful. All the children are playing with the toys, and Woody. And this is why I pointed out last episode that I'm pretty sure Buzz called Woody selfish for not wanting to go back to Andy when they all decide that they're going to, instead of going to the attic like Andy wants them to, they all decide to stay at the daycare. And Woody says to them, I can't believe how selfish you all are. Ooh. That's why I think, um, I have to rewatch it, but I, that's why I think in Toy Story 2, Buzz says that Woody's selfish 
because that would make what Woody says to Buzz a callback. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way, uh, I I think also in that moment in Toy Story 2, Buzz also tells Woody, you are a toy. Yeah. The same way Woody said it to him. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, someone once taught me that being someone's toy is the greatest thing in the world. So, Woody, through some shenanigans, makes his way, uh, he doesn't get his way back to Andy's house. He finds his way to Bonnie, who is introduced as a, like, close neighbor to Andy. She's like this little four or five-year-old girl. Uh, And Woody, um, again, his string is indestructible because he falls from, like... Indestructible. Super high in the air, and his string gets caught in the branch, and it doesn't just snap. It saves him from plummeting to the ground. Although, would Woody break from that fall? Um, I think his nose would get chipped. I don't think he'd break, though. Because he's mostly, you know, fluff. Yeah. Well, that's true. And the only thing that's really plastic is, is like, his head. His head. Yeah. yeah. And his hands. And his hands. And his boots. And his boots. And the little, like, pull. The badge? No, no. Not the, well, the badge, too. But the I'm badge talking is about metal. I'm talking about the thing that you... The badge p- is real gold. No, shut up. Look. What the, if it was? The, the little, expensive I don't know. toy. That would be a very expensive toy. Well, then again, like, Woody is in a very expensive toy. Yeah, just from he how is. old he is. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm talking about the little thing that you actually pull on the string. Like, oh, yeah. Not the string itself. The little... The, the, the pull thingy. circle on the, the string. The circle thingy boy. Yeah. But anyways, Bonnie takes him back to their to uh to her house, and that's where we discover a whole new cast of toys. We have Dolly, we have a uh, Trixie, the Triceratops, we have the three peas in a pod. Um, who else do we have? We have the unicorn. Unicorn. And I think he's voiced by um, is he voiced by Seth Rogen? Because it sounds like he is. I would not be surprised. You know what? I'm going to really quickly look up the cast. So. The cast, uh, I was wrong. It was not Seth Rogen. He's actually voiced by, fuck, I lost him, Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland. Yeah, Jeff Garland from Curb. He is uh, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. which is a great show, by the way. Great show. Um, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we also have Mr. Prickly Pants. Mr. Pr- that sounds kind of like innuendo-ish. Oh, and, and uh, so... We got to also talk about the rogues gallery over there at the daycare. Yes. So we go. So Woody's now with these toys, and back at the daycare, uh, all of our favorite toys are getting ready for playtime. They're actually in the um, there's the butterfly room and the caterpillar room, I believe. Butterfly room is where the older kids go. They're in the caterpillar room, and all these little children that are way too young to play with these toys, basically, it's like a nightmare scene where they're all played with like in this awful, terrible way. So, by the time the day ends, Buzz and the gang get together, and Buzz, proving himself again to be a good substitute leader for Woody, decides to try and get in contact with Lotso to see if we can get tran- they, to see if they can get transferred over. So, among the people that are on Lotso's team is Ken. By the way, we're also introduced to Barbie. That's a quote-unquote new toy. But apparently she'd been around uh, for a while. Right. But Barbie meets Ken, and Ken is voiced by Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's voiced by the, Michael Keaton. So Batman. <laughs> yeah. And also Birdman, by the way. He actually... Well, did you ever see the movie Birdman? I haven't seen it. It's actually really great. But I know great. it's really, It's a really, really good, good movie, yeah. So Batman, Birdman, any other man that he might be? He's a doll man He's now. also the Vulture. 
He's the vulture. That's true. That's crazy. This guy has been so involved with. He's also in. Have you seen that movie? Um, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's the one where he plays the uh, the founder or the yes. quote unquote founder okay, of yes, McDonald's. Yes. Yeah, the McDonald's. It's the called guy the founder. That stole. Yeah, the founder. He you, stole. You mean Croc? Huh? Is it named Croc or something like that? Something like that. But he he's technically the founder, but he stole it from these other guys, according to the story of the movie. I I, I got to watch that one, too, man. There's a lot of movies. That's we gotta, a really, really good. A lot one. of movies we got to look into. Um, And then Barbie is played by Joni, Jody Benson. Jody who's known Benson. for playing uh, Ariel, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I met her. She's super nice. Oh, have you? Yeah. We uh, when I went Did you to ask her to sing with you. No, we <laughs> ask her to be on a song with us. No, we went to Supercon and she was. You out went there. to Supercon with her? No, well she was there. Oh, okay. She was there doing signatures and stuff like that, and it was cool. But yeah, she's a super nice lady. Anywho, so yeah, we also have uh, Stretch, who is like the octopus, I think, and she, I didn't know this, but she's voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Seriously? Yeah. Oh wow, this is like an all-star cast. And this is the first I've heard of this, actually. Like, I'm not even joking. Yeah, let me see if there's any other worthwhile um, characters. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just I mean, no. From, from what I know, I don't really know any of these other uh, voice actors, but I'm sure they're all great. I'm sure they're yeah. all great. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't go into a Disney movie but being But Andy's a voice actor, he comes back now that he's older, and it's good that he grew up uh, with a voice that was suited and he, I think he does a good job with what little he has to work with. Yeah. So it's that's a good fair. thing uh, he wasn't one of those child actors that grew up to be a, a terrible actor. Because there's so. I think it is abuse. I'm going to say this right now, tangent. It is abuse to just hire a kid actor just because they're cute. If the kid doesn't have talent, you're setting them up for failure. Yes. You're setting them up that when they grow up, they're not going to be able to act and they're going to fail. And you know what? That's what they did with the kid who plays the new Simba. He cannot act. He can, I guess he can sing fine because he was a singer first. But he's going to grow up and he's not going to get any roles because he can't act. Maybe he'll get better at acting, but right now he sucks. And Beyonce sucks at acting too. But you know what? She's already a freaking, what is she, a millionaire, billionaire? Millionaire. It doesn't matter if she's a multi millionaire. Like, that and then po- she married another multi-millionaire. That's why so many of these kids get messed up. It's because they can't get roles when they're older because guess what? You suck. Mary-Kate and Ac- Ashley suck at acting. They always did. Who? Mary-Kate and Ashley. Oh, yeah. No, they suck. Sucks so... And when I was growing up watching Full House, they were my least favorite characters. And I didn't know why. And when I grew up, I was like, oh, it's because they suck and they're boring and they're not funny. Anywho, so... <laughs> Stop hiring child actors that cannot act. act that is it all. is abuse i legitimately believe it's abuse all right well look man all right we gotta i'm keep- sick of the abuse okay. <laughs> can we just keep going with the toy story 3 man so anyways buzz goes to talk to them and unfortunately um lotso at first says because of how strong and smart uh buzz is that he's willing to have let buzz come over to the butterfly room to join his team Right. And then Buzz uh, says that, oh, well, actually, we're a family, so we're going to stick. We want to stick together. So I'll actually stay behind. And then Lotso essentially resets Buzz. Now, it's worthwhile noting that the but- there's two rooms. You said the butterfly room and the caterpillar, and the caterpillar room, room, I believe. So the butterfly room, it's most sought after because the children treat the toys like not fucking mongrels. I said that. Oh, 
Well, I don't. I missed that. I said earlier, there's the butterfly room, the caterpillar room. The butterfly room is where the older kids go. Yeah, but you didn't specify that the older kids do not well, treat their the toys like fucking mongrels. Okay, fine. And then the caterpillar room is where all the little kids go, which treat their toys like total fucking shit. Like they step all they're over children. them. Well, I understand that. Well, they're that. little, little children. Yeah, I mean, but they're little, little children, which means they don't give a single fuck about how they treat their like, toys. Like how at the start of Toy Story 1, um, is it Molly? Yeah, Molly. Molly. She's like... <laughs> Eating <laughs> Mr. Potato Head, basically. She ate. The, she ate. And like he literally says, "Ages three up, three and up." My she box says, "Ages three, three and up," <laughs> which is one of the good jokes. It's another good line. Anyways, all right. So yeah. So anyways, keep going. Uh, I just wanted to denote that. Yeah, that's fine. You're right. I didn't specify enough. Yeah. You win this time. You Cut. win this time. Um. So now Buzz is reset. And they, Lotso, I guess, fed him a story about how the 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 other toys are prisoners of Zerg. So now it's up to Jesse and the rest of them to figure out how to get out of this mess. Mr. Potato Head tries to, like, fight back, and they put him in the box, which is the sandbox. Um, dude, Mr. Potato Head's so good in this movie. Don Rickles did such a great job. He did. He did. Like, he really, out of all the other toys that aren't the main ones, he really shines in this one, I think. I would say so, yeah. I mean, he he just kind of ample Because his role as Mr. Potato Head in 1 and 2 were great, right? But now he's kind of more like... He's no longer, like, antagonistic he's towards no the other toys. no longer antagonistic, Although yeah. he wasn't that antagonistic in 2 either. He, he was very no. helpful. He was in 1, he was very antagonistic. But in number 3, his his role kind of becomes a little bit more like... Sort of like main, right? Yeah, he's yeah. A, well. Basically, the way I see it is the main protagonist in one is Woody. Right. The well, main protagonist course. is two is Woody and Buzz. And now, and then in now three, it's all it's of them. Just the gang, yeah. It pretty much they're all the main because they're all that's left of Woody's toys. All the other toys got given away over the years. Exactly. And Woody points out given away to good owners to good kids. Right. So you know, Bo Peep, RC. Um, you know, obviously the etch sketch. Etch no, they sketch. Uh, RC and etch sketch didn't have much. Oh well, no, etch sketch was important, but RC didn't really show up in two that much. No, he didn't. Yeah, although I don't know. I mean, I he 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 served his important role. He's impactful in one. though. He's like super. Like he's integral to the plot in one. Yes, I mean he's very important in one. What's great about one is even the characters that you never even like. I don't even think they have voices, or if they have voices, they just have grunts. Even they play an integral part to the plot. Um, the Armstrong character in one, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been able to open the hatch right. of the moving truck. Like, that's how you make your side characters. Your side characters aren't there to waste time. They should play some part, at least a little bit. Right, exactly. So we go back to Woody, and he's basically discussing, he's trying to tell the other toys you know, he gets to play with Bonnie for a bit, and, you know, mm-hmm. they very much represent it as this amazing time, and Woody hasn't been played with forever. And they also point out that, um, like, oh, they're like, oh, wow, Woody, you're really good at this. And so Woody actually says that he belongs to another kid. He's there by accident. So they use Bonnie's computer, or I, s- I guess it's Bonnie's computer. Yeah. They use a computer in the house use, like, a computer. To, to figure out how to get Woody back home. And luckily for Woody, it's not that far away. So he talks to the toys, and eventually it turns out that uh, one of the toys in Bonnie's room is this little clown. Um, 
what was his name? Smiles, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I don't, we're we're going to look it up. Yeah, we'll look, we'll it, look up. it up. But he basically tells Woody about how um, Sunnyside Daycare is actually a really awful place for toys. Right. And it's because of Lotso. And the clown character, wh- whose name I am getting right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the clown character. Chuckles. Chuckles, not smiles. Is voiced by Bud Lucky. Is well, that someone? Is, is that he lucky? Know? I don't I know. know. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Maybe. Maybe Bud Lucky is someone very like. He voices Rick Dicker in the Incredibles. Rick Dick. Oh, that's the uh, that's the um, the secret agent, like the government agent, the one that's oh, just like. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Rick Dicker. Rick Dicker. Yeah. That's a funny name. Incredibles one is an inc- is an incredible movie. We should do a tier list of the of the Pixar movies. Well, Incredibles is going to be definitely in my top five. I think it'll be A or S tier, definitely. It's it's definitely an S tier to me. But uh, I anyways. Th- I think it might be. We'd have so, to, we'd obviously have to discuss it. Yeah. We're going to make some announcements at the end of this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we're going to have an announcement right now. Number one, Mikey is actually gay. They can't, they can't know that yet. They can't know that yet? Oh, shit. Well, uh, That's our final episode reveal. Damn it. Okay, well, I'm just going to have to edit that out. But anyways. Anyways, so Chuckles tells the story about how um, basically Lotso has the same exact or kind of a similar backstory to um, Jesse. Right. But instead of being left there on purpose, it was by accident. And when Lotso got back home, um, like who knows how long it took, but they made their way all the way from this park back to – what's the name of – I don't remember the name of Lotso's uh, owner, but they make it way. They make they make their way back to the to their kid, and they see that the parents already replaced Lotso Huggin Bear. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention part of Lotso's gang is Baby, who is also Big Baby. Big Baby. That doll is terrifying. It no, it really is. It does a straight up exorcist uh, thing where it flips its head around. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but they make their way. You know, baby chuckles. Lotso make their way back to their kid. Kid, the kids already replaced Lotso, and so Lotso decides that um, that they're gonna like. I guess they're gonna run away. I don't know how they end up getting to Sunnyside Daycare, but they make their way there mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but basically, Lot uh, chuckles points out that they only replace that she only replaced Lotso, and then Lotso's like, they replaced all of us, and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, so, so instead that was, of that was like a very oh shit moment for like yeah, all the like toys. Yeah, like where Jesse was overtaken by sadness, uh, Lotso was basically overtaken by like anger. Yes. Like that's kind of like it's funny how they're foils of each other, and they probably could have played on that more. Um, Lotso is voiced by Ned Beatley, I guess, is, or Beatty, Ned how you Beatley. See, say his name or Beatty. I don't know. Be- He's apparently he uh, he appeared in more than 160 films and has been nominated for an added, uh, Academy Award. Two Emmy Awards and MTV. Thanks, Award IMDb. Best <laughs> villain. I'm guessing best villain was for Lotso, but I could totally be wrong. I don't know where I know him from. Oh, he, <laughs> he plays Lex Luthor's uh, henchman in the original Superman movie. Apparently, it's pretty funny. Oh no, kidding! Well, it's funny how you look at these older actors and you find out like they might be in movies you know, but they're in like smaller roles. Yeah, right. Like I know Johnny Depp's first movie role was in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Where he like dies, 
<laughs> where he dies. Yeah, he's like I think he's the first victim. Even he's I think he's the one that is in the bed that where he gets like sucked into the bed and then it pulls out blood. Yeah, I think he's that victim. Oh, by the way, um, because <laughs> since we were talking about Rick Dicker or whatever the hell, um, so Rick Dicker is played by Bud Lucky in the first one, but then he died before they did Incredibles oh. two. So then they had a guy that sounded like him, which was Jonathan Banks, which if you're not familiar with him, he plays um, – he was in the Breaking Bad show. Uh, I think his name was like Mike uh, – or yeah, Mike – damn it, what's his last Mike name? Mike Hunt? No, no, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, I Mike Ehrmantraut. That's who he plays. And yeah, that's I, I still haven't seen Breaking Bad. You should watch what? That's like the best show. I know. That's easily one of the best films. I'm sorry, films. It's uh, a great film. It's a great. Fi- actually, there was a film associated with Breaking Wasn't Bad. Camino or something. El like Camino. That? Yeah. El Camino. But watch the show first, and then watch the yeah. Watch the show first, and then watch the movie, and you're gonna be like, wow, dude, that was actually a great way to end it, and it was so good. But anyways, there's so much shit I gotta watch. There's so much stuff. But it is on my list. On my outrageously extensive list of things because to play and watch <laughs> because your show your show is on my, my list because, because your show your show i can't resist because your show is on my list of the best, best things, things to watch i don't know best things in life still works for that i mean is it the best thing in life i wouldn't say that there's some shows that are the best thing in life i would say the best things in house life. house is one of the best things in life House is a great show. No, no, that's true. House. This this episode is gonna end with a cover of the theme song from House. I'll play. I'll play on the guitar, and he'll do the. <laughs> back to the story. No, we're not. Anyways, back to the plot. So Woody decides instead of going back home, he's gonna find his way back to the daycare. Uh, meanwhile, the gang are trying to figure out how to get out. Um, well, I guess they don't find a way to get out. I guess Woody makes it back there, makes it back with the other toys, and they work on a way to get, get everybody out. So mm-hmm. first things first, they got to get the monkey. Apparently there's this monkey that's also part of Lotso's gang who is one of those, like, symbol monkeys, those, like, alarm monkeys. Yes. That's another terrifying toy. There's This movie has a lot of scary scenes. I think it's the scariest of the Toy Story movies. Yeah, which it's, it's kind of funny because as adults, we you know we have irrational fears for a lot of things. But, you know, as kids, it's even more irrational, right? Like, you know, kids think of, like... You gotta get that monkey. Who voices... Who voices the um can you look it up the whoever voices the the phone that tells Woody the like like how to get out? Uh let me take a look. I'm going to yeah. look it up right now. The so, the phone. Um Chatter Telephone? I guess. Teddy Newton. That sounds familiar. Teddy Newton. I'm going to look him up. So anyways, the um, Chatter Chatterphone I guess is his name. Chatterphone. Yeah, Chatterphone tells Woody how to get out. So first they get rid of the monkey, and then, um, oh yeah, they also fake everybody out because they basically have Mr. Potato Head um, thrown in the box. How does the plan work out again? They get Mr. Potato Head thrown in the box again on purpose. Right. And then they replace him with a potato. Like an actual potato. An actual potato, <laughs> which I have a question about that. <laughs> but But basically... Um, he goes into one of the kids' leftover lunch. It's very convenient that a kid left, first of all, a lunchbox, and there happened to be a tortilla in there. 
Yes. Or something that he could plug himself into. But he, this brings up so many questions about the logic of this universe. Like, like, does that mean if Mr. Potato Head puts his pieces into anything, he now controls that thing? Which is an amazing superpower, mind it's you. It's kind of scary. It's like, what if he scary. puts his pieces inside of Andy? Does he control Andy? Oh, my God. That would be really scary. <laughs> he's just like, why am I moving? He's like, it's Mr. Potato Head. You're but like, oh, f- He's a tortilla for a bit until a bird wrecks his shit up, and then he goes into a zucchini. Correct. Um, it's a great gag, though. <laughs> it's worth It's worth the logical like jumps there are worth the joke, in my opinion. It's so I would funny. Say so. I'm, and I'm pretty sure they understood that. Yeah, it's 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 freaking hilarious. I do love it. Um, so now they manage to pin Buzz down. Oh. And they reset him. Unfortunately, Rex holds on to the reset button too long, and this activates Buzz's Spanish mode. Yeah, like what's the logic behind that? <laughs> yeah, I don't like how how long do you need to hold it to turn him into Germ- German like German mode or Yeah, French which mode? honestly would have probably been better if they turned him into German mode because then we would have seen the rise of the fourth Reich from Buzz. Oh my god. <laughs> or what if they made him Japanese mode? Then he would just be like Hirohito be, or something like that. Tr- they would get canceled for that. They'd probably get canceled. <laughs> but so now he's uh, Spanish stereotype Buzz Lightyear. Um, and I think it's great. There's a lot of good jokes that come from that. Yes. I mean, and it makes sense because, like, we know. Well, you don't know. Do you know Spanish enough to, like, understand what Well, they have saying? subtitles. Correct. No, but what I'm saying is, like, even for someone that actually speaks the language, it's even funnier because, you know, we're, in case you didn't know, we're both Cuban descent, right? We're both Cuban descent. Cuban Peruvian. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I understand Spanish probably more than Mikey does. Yeah, I don't really know Spanish. Yeah, but when I heard it in the theaters, that was like must have been like twelve or something. I was. I was laughing. It was pretty funny, and it was actually a lot more. Uh, it was actually more like how do you put it? A lot more laughter with those kind of jokes than every other joke because it was all in Spanish. So I thought it was really funny. I don't know why. I disagree. It's just like ah ah que comigo ah you know that, that's just me <laughs> doing like my my uh, Cuban ref impression. Which I can do, and I can't get canceled for it because I am Cuban. So, Dude. fuck you, SJWs. So now they've all pretty much made their escape. They're about to get out, and then Lotso and Big Baby and all of them catch up. And unfortunately, um, Chatterphone, who previously said, oh, I've been here for years, but they'll, they never, they'll never break me. I've been here for years. And then they get him to talk. And he's like, sorry, Sheriff, they broke me. Stupid little phone. So now uh, Lotso is giving them the ultimatum. You can either stay in the Caterpillar room or you can all get thrown away and sent to the dump. So Woody managed to get the little, um, like, I guess the little trinket that Big Baby used to have from Lotso's previous owner. And shows it and says, like, oh, you used to be loved by a toy and that person loved you more than the same way any other kid has ever loved a toy. And shows the trinket to Big Baby and Big Baby says, mama. And then Lotso freaking snaps. Some people say that it doesn't make sense that Lotso snaps here because he's always been super calm and collected. But I think it makes sense because he's basically touching on the main trauma that made Lotso as awful as he is. Yes. So Lotso snaps a big baby. Big baby throws Lotso into the dump. 
in, into the garbage can or whatever. And um, they basically d- are about to make their way out, but Lotso grabs Woody, and the rest of the toys join in, and they all get sent to the dump. Now here, um, they're basically going doing the best they can to not get sent to the incinerator, but eventually um, they, they're even helping Lotso, Woody being the good guy he is, is even helping Lotso, who has done so much terrible things to all of them. And then um, when it comes to right before they're going to get thrown into the incinerator room, Lotso doesn't stop the machine um, out of spite. Oof. So now they're in the incinerator. This scene always gets me. It's like when when they're all like, they're like wondering what to do. And Buzz basically reaches his hand out to Jesse. Buzz, he gets a TV thrown on him and this changes him back to English mode. Yeah, I... You have no uh, idea why. That, that doesn't make sense. Whatever. So, um, reaches his hand out to Jesse. They all hold hands. They decide they're going to get just deleted together. Um, but, and this is insane, the aliens, the three aliens <laughs> who consider <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head their, um, their parents, which, by the way, one of the, my favorite jokes from Toy Story 2 is when after Mr. Potato Head saves the three aliens, they keep saying, you are our savior. We are eternally grateful. Yes. And then Mr. Potato is just like, well, you just leave me alone. <laughs> it's a great, that's a great line. So um, there we go. The aliens are fulfilling their promise. They were eternally grateful. They're eternally so what do they grateful. Do? They save Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, they save, they basically find their way to a claw machine uh, for the incinerator and they dig out um, the toys. Mm-hmm. Now, how did they get there? How are they operating the machine? I don't Beats know. Me. Yeah, I don't know. But they save them, and Mr. Potato Head says, "You saved our lives, and we are eternally grateful." And then they, they hug the toys, and the, the toys say, "Daddy." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so they had a daddy kink even before then. Wow, before it got popular. Is it a kink? I think they're just their kids. Well, hey, who knows. Anyways, Lotso gets found by a garbage man, and he's like, oh, I had one of these when I was a kid. And then he ties him to the front of his truck, along with, and there's a bunch of other toys that are there. And that's basically Lotso's fate, to be tied to the front of a truck until, I guess, he's destroyed. Which is, I, I think it's actually not that bad of a, uh, a way well, to go, if you will. I think it's the worst way compared to the other two. Because you think about it, Stinky Pete's probably not going to get destroyed. He's just going to get stickers and makeup all over him. But he's going to get played with. Yeah, that's true. And Sid, we already saw, he ended up being a garbage man. and he's, So he's making a good financial living. And he was like jamming out to his tunes while doing his work. So he seems happy enough. Um, so, But Lotso, you see some of the other toys, they got like their eyeballs popped out. They're like pretty banged up, so Lots is probably gonna be there till he gets destroyed. Yeah. So, and you know what? Fuck you, Lotso. You deserve it. You son of a That's bitch. That's fair. Yeah, he's kind of a yeah, prick. dude. They saved his life, and then when they needed him to just press stop on the machine, he's like, "Where's your kid now?" And he just runs away. He's like, gee, I don't know. He doesn't work at this fucking dump, but okay. <laughs> fucking asshole. Yeah. Lotso's a bitch. No, he's a binge. But. Mm, fucking binge. <laughs> but. Binge. But he gets what he deserves. Yeah. He got what he fucking deserved. <laughs> he didn't get shot, though. 
No, he doesn't deserve that. He Would that even kill him? Uh, probably what not. What kills a toy? I don't know. Probably getting incinerated. Nothing, apparently, according to Toy Story 4, but we're almost there, folks. We're, we're almost, almost there. there. All right. So after Lotso gets his fate, what they happens They managed to get their way back to Andy's house through the garbage truck that is driven by Sid. There you go. So ironically enough, Sid saves the day. Um, they make their way back. They clean themselves up. They get up to Andy's room. Um, by the way, there's a part where, because for most of the movie, Mrs. Potato Head is missing one of her eyes. Um, and through that eye, she's, she's able to see that that's where they basically learn. The other toys learn that Woody was right. They were getting trying to get put in the attic, which it's kind of a stretch because she doesn't have any ears there. She only has her eyes. So all she sees is Andy being upset at his mom about something. Right. So it's kind of like Yeah, it's kind of yeah, I get it. But still, she find it's found out that and Andy's very distraught over because I think based on what they know, there's no way Andy's mom knew that the toys Andy's toys ended up in um in the daycare. What probably that conversation was was Andy saying, uh, he went up to the attic and he says, Hey, did you do you know a black bag that was here? And then Andy's mom is like, Oh my god, I threw it away. So So now they're back in Andy's room. Uh and Woody goes into the college box, or so we assume, and he leaves a note to Bonnie's address. I assume Bonnie's address and who she, or maybe he just puts Bonnie's name, like, oh, donate to this Bonnie. Because yeah. I don't know if Woody would know Bonnie's address. Probably but he, not. But he left a note basically saying you should give this to Bonnie, more or less. So Andy takes the toys, goes to Bonnie's house, and introduces all the toys to Bonnie. One by one, you know, he shows how much he loves, he shows how much he still loves these toys. Because my best guess is that Andy, like, while he had all those friends over, Maybe when he moved, he maybe, this is a theory, he maybe didn't have that many friends and maybe had a really tough time making friends. So his toys were really all he had. And that's probably why he has such a close connection to these toys, even as an adult. There you go. Yeah. And that's, like I feel like the same way towards like the Kingdom Hearts series, basically. Like that's, to me, that series is treasured, even with me acknowledging all of its faults. Because it, even my favorite one, Kingdom Hearts 2, I only give it like an 8 out of 10. Right. But they hold a place in your heart. They hold a very special place in my heart yeah. because of, you know, growing up and stuff. Yeah, kind of like me in the game Pokemon Channel, which is a terrible video game. There's a game called Pokemon Channel? There's a game called... Here's the premise, you ready? You sit down with Pikachu and you watch TV. That's the game! You just sit down in front of a television and watch fucking shows of Pikachu. It's pretty funny. It's it's so it's a stupid game, but because I remember playing it as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, this show is fucking great!" It was amazing, and there was like a little mini series that you would watch in the game as well. It was called the Pichu Brothers. Yeah, like growing up, I didn't have that many real friends. Like, I don't think I made my first real friend until I moved over, and uh, to like where I live now in mm -hmm. fifth grade. So what I had were my video games and my toys. Um, so that's why I have such a close connection with Kingdom Hearts and with Spyro and those games. Yeah. And then as I grew up, you know, the toys turned into other toys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But Andy basically introduces Bonnie to all the toys one by one, shows Buzz, and then Bonnie looks into the box and says, oh, my cowboy. And Andy's like, how did this get in here? And when she goes to reach for the toy, Andy pulls back. Like, he's hesitant to give this little girl He's like, you Woody, bitch, you're going to destroy it. You dumb it. bitch, you ain't going to get this toy. <laughs> what if he said that to this poor little like girl? You, if they said that on a Disney film? That would have been the most, I've that would have made Andy more evil than Sid, I, would I think. I fucking, like, cry out of, I'm not too sure whether to be upset at Andy or fucking laugh at I'd Andy. I'd laugh my ass off, but at the same time, be like, Andy's the most awful character <laughs> you think in the you're entire gonna this series. You toy, you fucking bitch. No. And then, no, no, and then you know, she, she just bitch slaps her, like. No, he's, no, that's too far. But he does decide, you know what, I'm not giving you any of these toys. <laughs> that would be even worse. <laughs> I'm not getting any of these toys, but, he just takes them all. But he looks at Woody and he says, now Woody is a very special toy. You know, he's brave like a cowboy should be, and the most important part is that he'll never give up on you no matter what. Yeah. This is very important, folks. This is the very important so, part right here. Andy sticks around to play with Bonnie and the toys, and he plays with Andy plays with all the toys one last time. He even puts Woody on his back for a, a for a piggyback ride or whatever. And is that is that is that the point of the movie where they go, You got a friend? No, they don't play any music. Oh, they it's don't just, play any music. Well they play music, but it's not any like song. They should have they should have played You Got a Friend of Me again. I think they wanted it to be more like I think they needed. I don't know if I think playing "You Got a Friend in Me" at that specific point would have. Hey, hey, they should have done a slow version. You've got maybe, mm. maybe the music has a light motif of "You Got a Friend in Me." Maybe we'd have to listen to it. That's what I'm saying, you know, because like all move, all Toy Story. But movies, a movie starts off with "You Got a Friend in Me." Yeah, but uh, don't oh yeah, I didn't mention this. The movie starts off with another fake out where they show like this extravagant scene of like basically what playing with the toys was like from Andy's perspective. Right. Super cool. Um so Andy plays with the toys one last time and he gets into his car, is gonna head out to college and Andy says, uh, thanks guys and Woody says, So long partner. Um and that's when they start playing um We Belong Together. Right. The song. And it shows that Ken and uh Barbie and Ken by basically Ken um joined Woody's team basically but Ken and Barbie stay at daycare and now that Lotso is gone they start making a day the daycare a place where everyone can be happy there you go um <coughs> so that's the end of Toy Story 3 right yeah we get the outro now uh Bonnie and Woody's toys dude this outro is great there's like like again with the other movies it it paints a perfect ending for it and it shows how much there's so much chemistry for these characters that meet for the first time yes like because now because now you have bonnie's toys and now andy's toys or what then were yeah andy's and toys. like woody and dolly by the way i kind of shipped woody and dolly a little bit like just because they were both leaders of their previous of their kids right and like woody and dolly would already kind of like dolly was very playful with Woody already, maybe not shipping for a romantic relationship, but at least for like a really good friendship. Yeah. Um, but you know now we've got the Jesse and Buzz. That ship has set sail. Um, the peas in the pot already messing with Mr. Potato Head by sneaking into his butt and <laughs> making all the pieces because he literally says that he's like, "Hey, you kids, stay out of my butt." <laughs> um, I think Ham and uh and the unicorn character they get along together. 
Trixie and Rex is the biggest ship. I was shipping oh, them course. so hard. Yeah. They're already playing video games together on the PC. T-Rex you know. and Triceratops. Like, uh-huh. So good. And then, you know, it was just great. All of it was great. And then um, Jesse puts on like a Spanish song, which is the Spanish version of um, You Got a Friend in Me, which is a great way to end it. And that's the end of the movie. It's the end of the movie. So, rating time. What would you give it? Would you say like a 7.5? I'd still give it an 8. Still give it an 8? I'd give it an 8, although it has way more problems than 2. And that's the reason I would give it a 7.5. Yeah. I might I might even bump. Okay, I think what I'm going to do is, okay, Toy Story 1 will be a 9, Toy Story 2 will be an 8.5, and Toy Story 3 would be an 8. Okay. That's but if we're not doing point fives, if we're just doing straight, you can do point fives. That's yeah, fine. but if we're not going to, then I would say ten nine. I, I would say nine eight seven would be my scores for the three movies. I'm gonna say nine eight seven point five for the, right. for the third one. You know what? Yeah, you know I'm being I'm I let the ending just control yeah, my mind. Yeah, you let the ending. Control I'm letting you. the ending control my mind a little bit there. No. If I'm being one hundred percent objective and mixing, because the way I'm scoring these movies is based off my objective opinion and my subjective feelings towards it. Yeah. So if I really mix it all together, like, if I'm being honest here, objectively, because of how much, like, contrivances there are with the film, it's probably a six, but, like, subjectively, I give that movie, like, a nine. Like, emotionally, it totally, like, takes over, like, all my, like, like objective opinions. So I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Okay, there you go. Um, it's a great movie. Um, is there anything you want to say about it, though? It's, it's far from perfect. Oh, yeah. For sure. A lot of contrivances. Like, Mr. Potato Head is able to control every anything he's put into. Yeah, like, I don't know. They, they Buzz they, is, like, Spanish <laughs> mode. Yeah. And then a TV turns him back to normal. And then Woody's string is, like, super Indestructible. amazing. Yeah, like, no. Bonnie um, happens to be at the daycare when they all go, because it's clear... Bonnie doesn't go to that daycare. She's right. just the kid of the person that works there. Right, exactly. So there was just a lot of coincidences, a lot of contrivances, a lot of things that just so happened to line up. But no plot holes for the sake of the plot. Yeah, there was no necessarily. It wasn't necessarily a plot holes to be had. Mm. But how would you put the it? The only plot hole I would say is probably the the aliens being able to control the machine. Yeah, it's like where the fuck did you guys come but from? But every single movie has that kind of plot hole. Like how are Woody, Buzz, and the RC able to catch up with a truck, and then <laughs> how was Bullseye able to go a hundred and somewhat miles? Go go to the speed of a airplane taking off. Um, you know, literally when uh, the rocket takes off in Toy Story One, uh, Woody is like, "Buzz, we're flying," and then Buzz is like, "No, Woody, we're we're falling with style." But you see that they dip and rise. Right, they're flying. They're fl- they're not falling. They're flying at that point. His wingspan isn't great enough. To, to allow gliding for them. Right. So there are, like, contrivances and plot holes in all the movies, but three definitely has the most until we get to until four. Until four, yeah. So is there any – so the, um, the only new song in Toy Story 3 is We Belong, Belong Together. Belong Together. And I think it is – I think it's such a great song. And Randy Newman's really good with the lyrics. Like, the second verse in We Belong Together – says um if i could talk to you if i could find a way there's a whole bunch i want to say and like obviously that's supposed to be like from the perspective of woody you know because woody can't talk to andy right although i think he was trying i don't know was the 
Was the plan that Woody was going to talk to Andy when they were trying to get his attention with the cell phone? Or was it just that Woody would see them and want to play with them? I'm thinking it's the that's latter. That's a good question. Pretty sure it's the latter, though. Yeah, because right. I don't know what Woody, what would Woody even say to Andy? Like, play with us. <laughs> like, hey, Woody, it's, it's, uh, or, hey, Andy, Andy it's, it's Woody. Woody. Uh, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, you should really, or he's just like, hey there, uh, is this Andy? He's like, yeah. And it's like, you should really play with your toys. And then he just hangs up. <laughs> like, like, what could huh? he say? What could he say? He pulls out a flashlight. Oh, all right, if you say so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Andy doesn't look like a degenerate. It may, dude, we all have a bit of de- degeneracy inside of us. Some people are even named degenerate, like Ellen. Ellen is a degenerate. Ellen degenerate. Anyways, so but yeah, that song's good. The Spanish version of um, you got, you got a, friend a friend of me. I un amigo and me. <laughs> I love the way that like it's such a funny way to end it. Yes, very very nice. Very nice. Appeal to the Hispanic, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Toy Story three. 7.5, 7. seven. Uh, lots of Huggin' Bear is a good lots villain. Lots of Huggin' Bear is actually a really good villain. Um, and uh, overall, just really, really good stuff. All right. So next would be... Toy Story 4. The worst one by far. By far. I'm going to start off... I've been very harsh on this podcast with Toy Story 4. I'm going to give it its one compliment right now. The cinematography. No, no, no. Uh, those compliments will come. Okay, it's not its one compliment. But the biggest compliment I can give it is that if it was not a Toy Story film, if it was its own movie with its own characters, I mean, it could have still been called Toy Story, but if it was brand new characters, had no connection to the first ones, I'd say it would be a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah. If it had no connection. The problem is it's a sequel. It's a sequel. This involving the same characters that we've known and loved for God knows how many years. And with these characters already having character arcs yeah. and learning lessons already. And then well like if 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 this was if they would have called this a reboot and they introduce us to Woody and everybody and they remove any references to Andy, this could still be good. Yeah. But I would even say that it it actually made characters completely different than who they really were. I mean, like you said, the the characters were developed already, right? So we all knew everyone's type of personality, how they acted, what they thought, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then Woody was just like, or whoever wrote the story was just like, yeah, Woody was acting like this normally. Whoever wrote this movie, it feels like they only saw the first movie. Pretty much. And had reference notes to the other ones. So the movie starts off with, um, I believe it's a flashback to when Andy played with uh was playing with woody and all of them Mm -hmm. and now we flash forward to woody being bonnie's toy and woody's not getting really played with as much as the other toys there you go and um woody is left in the closet again and they're like oh this is your third time this week uh not getting played with um and eventually it's bonnie's first day of school and woody is worried for bonnie so uh, he sneaks his way into her backpack so that way she has a toy to take care of her. Right. Cause her which which, her his, re- which his reasoning... Is it pre-K or kindergarten? I think it's, it's one of those two. But his reasoning is kind of just like, well, like, you know, what if she has no one? And it's just like, well, what the fuck? I don't know. I, 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 I think it's fine. I think it's fine that, like, you know, to help a kid... Like, if my kid wanted to bring one toy to, sc- to his first day of school, I'd probably let him. 
so long as like I'd be like, well, don't make sure you it doesn't get caught because the teacher might take the toy away. Or not even that. It would probably just be like, just make sure no kids steal it because those kids are mean. Yeah, kids could steal it too. I'd say be very careful. Yeah. But I could see that a kid would might want a toy to help him through the first day of school. That's yeah. not that's not crazy. And Woody would have experience because he had Andy before. Yeah, but Andy's not Bonnie. Andy is not Bonnie, but you know he's had experience with kids, and we. It's hard to assume that Andy is his first kid, yeah. Considering how old he's supposed to be, right? And that he's a family toy, right? Well, anyways, so <coughs> they they get to the school, right? And then you know Bonnie does her Bonnie thing. Yeah, she basically doesn't like. There's some kid that comes up and she tries to say hi, and the kid like ignores Bonnie. So Bonnie starts making her own toy. She makes Forky, Forky. out of a spork. Spork, uh, googly eyes. Googly eyes. Uh, is that like a wire? Uh, no, what's it called? The uh, the the, the pipe cleaner. That's like a pipe cleaner. Yeah, it's like the material. A of pipe, a pipe brush, cleaner. whatever. Yeah, uh, little popsicle sticks for feet, gum, mm-hmm. which is gross. It is kind of gross. It yeah, it's pretty gross, especially since he lasts more than a day. Yeah, for real. Which that a toy like that would not. La- I mean. I guess it would last more than a day, but you typically use glue for that part. Yeah, but you said at best. Okay, I remember. You or is it is it glue or is it putty? I think it was glue. If it's glue, it's gross. If it's putty, that's fine. All right, but look, like you even said it yourself. Like I think the first podcast, you were like, at best, he would last like a week. At best, a week. Or if it was like, because there's still like things that I made back in kindergarten that are in my house that are yeah. used for decorations on like the tree, but. I don't play with those. Those are just once a year. Oh, let's put it on the tree. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I made a flower for my mom in kindergarten, and I remember it because, like, <laughs> the petals the petals were the wrong way. Like, because you know how it's, like, teardrop-shaped? Yeah. Okay, I did the other way. Oh. So teardrops were heading the opposite way. And then my teacher just kind of looked at me like I was, like, stupid or something. It's and like, I was, great job, idiot. Great job. Duh. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, because there's flowers that look like that. You know, they have the petals that. Well, there's flowers that look like all kinds of things. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I did it I did it the way I thought it should look. And my teacher was like, well, you're stupid. Does your mom still have that flower? Yeah, my mom still has that flower right on top like, of her computer monitor. So, uh, so th- thanks, there, mom. Things like that can last. But Forky specifically, if he was going to last, he wouldn't last as a toy. He would last as like the parents keep Forky and they're like, oh, right. remember when Bonnie made this? Right, exactly. You know, because I'm sure Andy made toy. Like, dude, you're gonna tell me Andy never made a toy? Yeah, for real. I don't. Know. <laughs> like, every kid makes something going to school. That's like, it's like, all right, kids, today you're gonna make something that you're gonna take home to your parents. <laughs> like every kid does that. That's Even true. up to middle school, I had things like That's that. True, yeah. Dude, when I was in middle school and I had woodshop class, I made like a a plastic. You had woodshop um, class? Yeah. In middle school? Middle school. Shut up. Seriously? Yeah, but we only, we only like, bended plastic and shit. Nothing, like, too oh, serious. Oh, I thought you actually got to go... Well, we did. Well, what the hell? And that's why I don't have all my fingers. Oh. Well, hey, man. So they have to t- now you have to... But Tony I had this Iomi. piece of plastic that I basically made, and I bended it, and I put a picture of Sasha in it. And I kept that. That was, like, my keychain until it broke, and now I don't have it anymore. But... <laughs> point is, every kid makes something. So there's no way Andy never made a toy, especially how creative Andy was. Yeah, Andy was very creative. Anyways. So Woody brings Woody realizes that Forky is alive, which brings into question if you put googly eyes on because earlier when Woody was in the closet, one of her chairs was alive. 
Yeah. So is anything with eyes alive? I don't know what constitutes making something alive. Like, that's a big problem in this movie. Yeah. Like, in the previous movies, you're a toy. Okay, you're alive. That's pretty much the rule. Right. Usually, there weren't, like, like... the furthest, the furthest I think we went was in Toy Story uh, two. A garden gnome is apparently constitutes as a toy because uh, the, I wouldn't even say that. Yeah, well, uh, it's alive basically because Ham says the garden gnome says that uh, says this and that. Well, the garden gnome is stupid. So I the mean, garden, I, I guess every inanimate object can be alive. But somehow. a garden gnome, I can understand being alive because a garden gnome is still a creature of sorts. That is manufactured. Right. Like, Forky is some inanimate object that was glued on with googly eyes and stuff. Like, these are questions that you could ask in the previous movies, but we didn't have a reason to ask too much because all the characters we saw alive were still toys. Right. Nothing too crazy. Now, and like, Ham is technically not a toy. He's a piggy bank. Right. So we already knew that any inanimate object that could be alive, I don't know. But now Forky can be alive. So that means any toy that's created by a child could be uh, alive. Pretty much. Pretty much. And Woody introduces Forky to the rest of the toys. And he says it's very important because Bonnie made this toy. This this is the toy that helped her through her first day in school. So we need to make sure nothing happens to this toy. Now Forky, for a good part of the beginning of the movie, is super desperate to go into the trash. Because he feels like that's where he belongs. Well, he was trash. Exactly. Yeah. So, but dude, Forky's literally falling apart. His arms keep falling down. His eyeball keeps popping out. Like <laughs> this, this is literally like the kind of creation where, like, it's the kind of like Frankenstein's monster where, like, it wouldn't just wake up and be a normal Frankenstein's monster. It would be like, kill me. And it literally is doing that. It's saying, throw me in throw the me trash. Throw me in the trash. Which is saying, kill me. Yeah. So. So we kind of. So Bonnie. Um, is going to go on a week family trip or something like that. Right. So she takes a few toys, or I guess all of her toys, in the RV. And during... So here's the problem. The whole premise of Woody's later decision is that he wasn't getting played with anymore. Not the whole thing, but that's part of it. But during this song sequence, a, Randy, a new Randy Newman song, I don't remember it that well. I think it's his weakest song in the series, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, it, and you can... Like, you could hear how old he was in uh, We Belong Together, but you can really hear how old he is in, in this song. He's very old now. I mean, yeah. It's like it's 80. like James Earl Jones in the Lion King remake. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to crush that one day. That's a movie I don't want Because we keep watch. referencing. Yeah, I don't want to watch it. I'll watch it with you. Because then that, we can laugh at it. That doesn't help anything. We I can d- laugh at it. It's laugh worthy. It's so bad, it's funny, though. It's, it's like, l- long live the king. The king. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> So shit. At least it you was know what? We'll watch the remake together, and then to to make ourselves happy, we can watch the original. All right. And I think it'll be nice. I like Jeremy Irons way more. Oh, of course, of course. Long live the, the king. king. <laughs> ah, no! Yeah. Like an actual like. Everybody you know, was so good in that. Everyone movie. you know knows how to voice act. Freaking John Oliver sucks ass as John Zazu. Oliver. As Zazu, he's so bad in that movie. Off topic. All right, so <laughs> I didn't even realize that was him, like in the in the remake. It is, and when you if you hear the line, the I just can't wait to be king. He sucks. He, whatever. <laughs> he's like he, he sucks. 
look, man, just stick with last week tonight. And and even then, you you still don't do that good. Yeah, okay. he's not as funny as he was when he's he was on the John Stewart show. Be, yeah, whatever. We're not gonna get into in, into into it. But so we do this song during the sequence. We see that Bonnie is playing with two toys, Forky, and Woody. She's playing with Woody. So it's not like Woody's not getting played with at all. He's still getting played with. So eventually, um, Forky jumps out the window of the RV. And Woody goes after him. By the way, they point out that they are five miles away from their next stop. And Woody says, all right, I can make it. Uh, I guess if we, we're sticking with the logic that Woody can run at 10 miles per hour or or he can run at the speeds he was running at the end of Toy Story 1, then yes, he could make it. Yeah, which, by the way... But that is supposed to be a one-time thing that yes. he's never able to do again. Yeah, which, by the way, I mean, it really makes you think, right? Because if toys do not have muscles, which can tire out like humans, right? Yeah. Also, toys don't eat like humans, so they don't need nutrition like we do. Like, you know, like when we get tired, we need water and all that kind of stuff. Toys, like... <sighs> I have such a problem with this because they could really run infinite. There's nothing to stop them from running infinitely Yeah. because they don't need energy like we do. They don't need water like we do. They don't need food like we do. They don't rest like we do. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they do. They clearly have an amount of stamina because in previous well, movies, well, hold on. No, no, when we you d- see Woody running for a while, he's just like. <sighs> right. But then like, okay, so here's the thing because so apparently they're able to do all that, right? And they do sleep because obviously we saw Woody do that dream sequence in Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. Right? So at what point – like, so that's the thing, right? Like, how do toys die? Toys don't die like humans where they just grow old and die, right? Right. Toys have to be destroyed or something like that. Yeah, to a certain extent. And so we assume in Toy Story – like, in Toy Story 1, we see all the toys are mish- mashed together, and that doesn't kill them. Right. And, and Toy Story 2 um, – well, nothing really bad happens to any toy that bad. Right. But we do see in Toy Story 2 that when Woody's arm gets ripped, it is no longer usable. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to assume that if a piece, unlo- Mr. Potato Head is meant to be taken apart, so he's obviously an exception to this rule. Right. And there is a little um, uh, flaw in Toy Story 2 where Woody is seen using his arm after it got ripped. You pointed that out to me yes, in I a previous did. recording. Um. But for the most part, if we just accept that one flaw, we can effectively assume, so long as it's not connected together, because all of Sid's toys, while they're mashed, they are connected right. to but, whatever the main body okay, is. So, so we can assume that if a toy is ripped or removed, and it is not the main function of that toy to be removed, it should no longer work. So what happens if you cut off Woody's head? Would he, would he die? I don't think he would die. You think, well, what would be still moving, his head or his body? I guess his head. Oh, man, that sounds really terrible. (laughs) I don't know what I'm thinking about. Okay, everybody. Obviously, incinerating them in the dump would be the final, like, thing to kill them. Shout out to Sonic Youth for such a great song, Incinerate. Incinerate. But, um, okay. Well, obviously, fire would probably kill them because that would, like, melt the plastic. Well, no. They would need to literally be incinerated to ashes. Because I think even if they were melted a little bit, they would still be fine. That's crazy. Because uh, Woody gets burnt a little on the forehead in yes, the first he does. one. Yes, he does. But that's not melted, I guess. It's not really melted. But some of those toys in Andy's uh, and Sid's graveyard that come out from the ground, they're really fucked up. 
Yeah, so it makes you think that they probably have to be incinerated to the point to ashes where they can be technically considered dead, right? Yeah. So at that point, is there an afterlife for the toys? Well, if there's an afterlife, I assume there's an afterlife for the toys. Right, but who would be the the toy god, if you will? <sighs> if are we, we are we looking too far if into we it? Assume there is one <laughs> god, if we assume there is one god, then I, I would assume that god would be the same for the toys. Maybe. Or maybe he assigns Because toy toys are god. basically like pets, right? Mm, yeah, I would say so. Or better yet, you know what? They're you, more sentient you, pets. You know what? I'm asking the wrong questions. When did the first toy become sentient? That is the real question. My uh, my best guess, if we want the first movie to make, if we want the first and subsequent movies to make sense from Woody's perspective, it must have been at some point in time when Woody was owned by Andy, because Woody has no recollection of any other kid before Andy. Right. So we have to assume it was at some point when he was owned by Andy that toys gained sentience. Now, how they gained it, who knows? But it had to that's, be during that time period. Yeah, and that's and that's a good question to ask. Really, it's like. How did toys become sentient? Because obviously, Woody's a very old toy. I mean, you know, this these shows that he's talking about. Yeah, he didn't know about these. He didn't know about shows. this show, right? And he's Woody. Like this but is Buzz, his show. But Buzz knows about his. Yeah. So very interesting to Brad Bird. If you could hit us, uh, is it Brad Bird? He I know he's like an executive producer no. of Pixar. Yeah. John Lasseter is who's John Lasseter for the first three. Yes. Okay. So we need to talk to John Lasseter about that. I don't know. He kind of got canceled. Did he really? Yeah. Over what? Sexual harassment stuff. And I think it was confirmed. Oof. But you made great movies anyways. Hey, thank you, John Lasseter. Like, I'm all for can. Sometimes you got to separate the artist from the person. Toy Story 1, 2, 3. Fantastic films. But you did fuck up. You made Cars. And I'm not happy about that, John Lasseter. Cars 2 and 3. He made Cars 1. I know that much. And Cars 1 still isn't even that good. I liked Cars 1. That's fine. But it's not that good. I fucked Compared to like shitless. other Pixar movies like Ratatouille, <laughs> Toy Story, uh, even Bugs Life. Bugs Life, which was just a Pixar film. Not even Disney then. Yeah. It was just still but good. Bugs Life is really good. Was he? Uh, he had to be involved with Wally. I think he was involved in most everything until like until recently. Until he got canceled. Yeah, but even before that, he was. Pro- I think he was less involved with certain projects. That's fair. Um, he did do a lot of the shorts as well. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Wally's great too. Wally's a great. Ratatouille's film. great too. Ratatouille's a great film. Up is great too. Up is a great film. A lot of Pixar movies are great. Pixar films are great. So it's really sad when they suck. It's really sad when they suck. <laughs> I don't think Brave's that good. I don't like Brave. And it's Dude, not, I was so and it's hyped. No cushy sco- I, I was so hyped because they showed in the trailer she was gonna be this badass character, and then her first confrontation with a bear, she's like, ah. and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? She's like, the fuck is I that scary ex- thing? Like, I don't want to touch I, that. I wish they would have showed her being brave against the bear, her losing, and then she would be scared afterwards. Yeah, that would be fair. Because no. she was just scared from the beginning. Well, I mean, did she realize that was her mom? I don't None. think no. The first bear she encountered wasn't her. Oh, mom. okay. See, well, I haven't really. The first seen bear Brave. she encountered was the um, the the that other bear that apparently used to be human. Oh, I see. That's like the really big one. Yeah. So the moral. I've story, only seen the movie like twice. The moral of that story is don't hurt bears because they could be humans. Anyway. <laughs> the little brothers turning into bears were cute though. Little brother. No, that's another Disney movie. No, that's little that brother. Movie. No, that's brother bear. Brother bear. Same shit. Yeah, but that's not the no. <laughs> That's a good. I like that one. It's not that great, but I like yeah. it. I mean, it's not as bad as Home on the Range. We're gonna have to review every Disney movie eventually. Ever, including Peach Dragon. I don't mind doing that. Huh? I don't mind doing that. 
Every Disney movie ever? Every main one. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, we, we really we're not going to watch Pete's Dragon. We're going to watch Home on the Range, though. No, we're not. <laughs> um, you know what? If I get to tear it apart like I'm doing to Toys R uh, to- Toys R Us. Like I'm doing a Toys R Us. Yeah, well, Toys R Us is already torn up because they're no longer a fucking company. That's true. But but if, if I get to tear up Home on the Range the same way I'm doing with Toy Story 4, I'm down for it. Okay. So, anyways, uh, where were we? we were talking about Toy Story 4. Yeah, we were talking about Toy Story 4. We went on a really long tangent there. Yeah, so, so basically, well, we're not that far into it. Okay, that's true. So, um, now they're on the RV. Well, they just jumped out the RV. Well, they just jumped. Oh, right. Okay, so they so jumped out the Woody RV. And Woody and Forky. By the way, I forgot to mention the intro of the movie includes that um, they have to save RC. RC got left outside, and he's it's really stormy outside, and he's about to get blown like he's about to get taken away by the drainage so they go to save him and uh bo peep helps them out bo peep from the beginning is super like active and adventurous and like basically all she's acting nothing like she did in the first two movies right like, totally not the same completely character. different i mean she's she by even the same, looks different she's voiced yep she looks different now instead of I assumed that her dress was either porcelain or it was stuck because obviously, you know, graphics back then had its limits, but it was basically like, you know, those old timey dresses where they have like the the braces to keep the dress expanded. Right. That's what it looked like she had. But in this one, her dress is very flowy, very movie. Yes. Um, so I just always, and I'm pretty sure her chest part of her dress was porcelain. Yeah. I'm very certain of that. Maybe her... Um, the skirt part wasn't, but definitely I'm pretty sure the top part of her dress was porcelain. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. It's just clothing uh, that you can just take off, I guess. Oh. As she does. Mm. Um, so <laughs> eventually um, Bo Peep gets put in, into the donation box and Bo Peep tells uh, like Woody's like, okay, we're gonna get you back into the house. It's gonna be fine. And then Bo Peep says, "I'm not Andy's toy," which is true. She was Molly's, not even Molly's toy. She's not a toy. She's a lamp. Yeah. So, um, but it's fine. She was played with as a toy by Andy. Like she was played for so many years with Andy. Yeah, it was. Like, it, it was almost like she was Andy's toy. Yeah. Basically. But then at the end of the day, it was like, well, that's not even my real owner. It's yeah. like what? Like Molly probably never even played with Bo Peep because she was just a lamp. Yeah. But she was played with by Andy. But I guess at this point, Andy was using her less uh, for playing. And so she's in the donation box. Woody's going to try and get her out. But uh, she says, I'm not Andy's Andy's toy. toy. And so she backs up to give space. And Woody actually, he he thinks about going into the box just abandoning everybody else after everything they went through in one and two that he was about to do it. The only thing that stopped him was Andy going out and for some reason shouting Woody. Yeah, like like he was going to go, oh, I'm right here. He was like, hold up, Andy, I'm right here. <laughs> like he's a dog or something. Like I get, I get, I get he would scream it, but he's scre- like if he's old enough to the point where we're already missing some toys in that room. That's true. We're missing some toys in that room. And so we assume this is after Toy Story 2. Well, obviously it has to be because Bo Peep isn't... Bo Peep's getting good away. But yeah. we assume it's sometime after Toy Story 2. Uh, how long, we don't know. But it's long enough that he's already missing some other toys. Because I'm pretty sure... Sh- like, we see RC there, but there's a lot of other toys I don't really see there. 
Mm-hmm. So, dude, like, <laughs> I just can't believe Woody, like, Andy would be old enough to where he wouldn't be running outside screaming out, Woody! Like, as a little child, you'd probably go out and scream the toy's name because you're, you're a little kid. But if Andy's, if we're assuming that maybe he's 10 or 12, no, 10 would be young enough. But if you were assuming he's 12, he wouldn't call out, Woody, like that. Yeah. He Maybe he'd go out and say, where's Woody? So they made him autistic, basically. Basically. <laughs> I mean, that's the, only, that's the only explanation I would have. He'd be like, yeah, so in between <laughs> Toy Story, he, he, he got he autism. autism. He developed autism. And he lost it. <laughs> and then he lost it. He was like, I'm a functioning human being now. I'm going to go to college. <laughs> well, autistic people go to college. Oh, I guess, well, I, I guess if you're high-functioning, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess he could still... And he could be high functioning autistic. That could be that could be the reason why he didn't. Maybe if my theory is right, he didn't make that many friends when he moved because he had too hard time making new friends. Good theory. Interesting. There's a reason he's attached to those toys. Yeah, Andy's Andy is autistic confirmed. John mm-hmm. Lasseter, can can you confirm that for us? Yeah, please? please, John Lasseter. I'm fine with Andy being autistic. That doesn't change much at yeah, all. Yeah, that'll actually be great, you know, because it supports the handicapped people. Dude, it's a great representation for the autistic. Representation. Dude, this kid grew up. He's going to college. He's being a responsible adult. Yeah. Freaking awesome. That's the way to do it, yeah. It's a great, better representation than the autistic kid in Predator, the new one. I didn't see that one. Dude, the movie sucks ass. It was really that bad? It, it was pretty bad. Fair enough. It okay. wasn't that funny either. But, anyways... So now that I mentioned the intro, uh, we're back to where we were before. Uh, Andy, I mean, Woody catches up with Sporky or Forky, whatever Forky. the fuck his name is, plot device character. And they make their way and they run into this antique shop. And Woody notices, coincidentally enough, the stand that Bo Peep used to be on. So he, they go into the antique shop. And that's where they meet the main antagonist of this film, Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby. And a I horrifying, like, um, henchman. Yes. Those dudes are scary. I hate her so much. She's the most, like, she's not even the most evil one, I think. Well, you know what? She is. Yeah, but she's not a good villain. She's not that good. Her explanation is that she's never been played with because right. her voice box is broken. Right. It's the same thing that happened with Lotso. It's the same thing that happened with Stinky Pete. That they, well, no, Lotso well, had I mean, a kid. But same thing with Stinky Pete. Never played with, right? But her reason for not getting played with is this toy, is that is that her voice box is broken. So, um, she gets her hands on Forky, and in or and she basically uh, tries to keep like. I barely remember the movie. I just saw it. Well, basically, what happens is that you know they walk into the antique shop. And then she was just like, "Oh, you're Woody, yeah." I guess like you have a nice voice box, don't like, you? Like, what time are you from? The fifth. Wh- and from? then he's like, "Oh, I'm like from the fifties. And she's like, "Oh, so am I." Yeah. So basically, she, you know, she starts hinting at like you're a very valuable toy, and you have a voice box, and I need one, and you're not leaving until I fucking get it. So. And then Woody leaves. Um, Woody. Well, so basically, what happens is that Woody and Forky oh, yeah, try to escape. Oh yeah, a little girl. A little girl finds Woody, takes him. Yes. And w- and leaves Forky with Gabby Gabby, Gabby and Gabby. the henchman. So then, basically, the little girl goes to the park, where he eventually meets up with Bo Peep. Bo Peep, who co- I mean, she's now now she has this new getup, which it's just what she would wear under her dress. Even though I never assumed she like I obviously we saw her legs before, so we knew she had that frilly stuff mm. for her for her pants. But dude, 
I really, I'm very certain that her top was meant to be porcelain originally, design wise. Yeah. But she just had something under her top, whatever. Whatever. So let's let's and just now redesign a whole character just because. N- yeah. Because we need, dude. Look, if you want it, guess what? We already have an adventurous, strong female lead. Her name is her name Jessie. is Jessie. <laughs> Jessie could have easily been the main character of this movie. She already has experience with abandonment. She could have easily said, you know what? I don't think being a toy is for me. And Woody could have been the one. Dude, you rearrange this plot. Bo Peep not here because it's super, super convenient that Bo Peep is even there of all places to where she could have ended up. Yeah. It's super convenient that she's there and not in the neighborhood of where Andy lives. Yeah, and and it's even extra convenient once you le- later find out that she goes with the carnival. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the carnival's in town, and then I just so happen to be in the same town where Woody and all these other people are, and it's just everything is super, super convenient, like even more than Toy Story 3. Also, we established that now Bu- Buzz is retarded. I guess they kept messing. <laughs> I kept. I guess they kept messing with his demo button too much because now he lost all his brain cells. Because when they're when 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 Woody is explaining, I keep calling him Andy. When Woody is explaining to Buzz why he is so adamant about keeping uh, Forky safe, he says that it's his conscience telling him. And then Buzz is like, "Oh, what's that?" And then Woody's like, like, oh, it's like a voice in your head telling you what's wrong or right. Right. And Buzz is like, a voice in my head. And he presses his fucking button (laughs) that in Toy Story... (laughs) I'm going to back up the mic. In Toy Story 1, you see that he sees the commercial. And one of the things they show is them pressing the arm button to show the laser. They press the button on his chest and it says, um, Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. And then he presses it and it says, Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. So he already knows that it's... He knows he's a toy. He knows that the buttons on his chest are manufactured, and it's not the voice in his fucking head. That makes no sense. Now that I'm not just talking about it for a short segment in the first episode, and I can really talk about how much this movie pisses me off, you are all going to see how pissed off this movie makes me. (sighs) What have we done? I am unleashed. (laughs) Honestly, it, like... What is the explanation for him thinking that the buttons on his chest are the voice in his head other than him now being stupid for no reason? I don't know. I, I think maybe he got reset too many times, like you said. That's I don't the know. Only, that's, if, we, if we want this movie to make sense, they reset him too many times to Spanish mode, which just makes... Okay, so that'll explain why he's stupid, but now we have to explain why his friends are so adamant about killing Buzz's brain cells. Because basically, for their own amusement, Jesse and the gang have been lobotomizing Buzz. Oh, my God. That's right. If that's what happened, if him being reset too much fucked up his brain, and we already know Jesse was like, it's okay, I know about Buzz's Spanish mode, which means Jesse's intent was to keep changing him to Spanish mode for some fun times. So that means they purposefully have been resetting him and have been making him an idiot. Made him retarded. Anyways, all right. So after he pretty much discovers his conscience, aka his three little buttons, he, which by the way makes no sense, uh, because in Toy Story two he devised an amazing plan to 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 rescue Woody, right? He's already shown to be very smart. Yeah. Very good at being a leader, shown by three. Yeah, and then in Toy Story four they made him like totally stupid. I mean, he's just like, well, what do I do now? And then he presses one of the buttons on his chest, and it's just like, look up, soldier. Or yeah, meteor shower incoming. Do- look out, soldier. And he looks up, and there, 
he just so happens to see Woody. What a coincidence that he presses that button and it's perfectly timed for him to see Woody. So now Buzz goes after because Buzz is trying to save Woody because I guess he's I think he sees them at the carnival. So, dude, Jesse has the so she has Jesse is stronger than me. She's able to pop the tire of an RV with a nail. Yes. Do you know how hard it is to pop a tire with just a nail? Yeah, it's really hard. I don't think I can do that. It's kind of not good, without right? a hammer. No, not without a hammer. Dude, she does it with her fucking little toy plastic hands. Yeah. So, I I forget what we were in the plot. Look, the plot doesn't even matter at this point because it's a shitty movie. Don't watch it. But I will say this. So, and this is the the part that I laughed at the hardest because uh-huh. this was like a big fuck you to Gabby Gabby, right? Oh, no, no, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's keep going through the podcast. Okay, fine, okay, fine. So, All right. So now um, Bo Peep's like, oh, you know, we're lost toys. Fucking hell yeah, dude. This is one of the few. There's like two or three times I laughed at this movie. I didn't think the movie was that funny. But there was this one joke where they have we have these little three uh, toys, little tiny the toys. The little sheep, right? Uh, what? The sheep? No, we're not talking no, about no, the sheep. No, 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 right? not the sheep. Oh, yeah, the sheep, like Woody calls them a he. And then there it's like, oh, it's a she. It's like, how would Woody not know what gender they are? Yeah, I mean, All you, these you've years. known them for so long, yeah. But I guess he doesn't. Um, get wrecked, Woody. Yeah, don't assume they're genders, Bo Woody. Peep treats <laughs> Woody like a fucking idiot this whole movie. She treats him like shit. Dude, in the first movie, she was super nice, super faithful, you know, always believed in Woody. In this movie, she treats him like crap. Why do you still like her? If, if you were going out with a girl that treated you the way Bo Peep treats Woody, I would tell you to leave her. <laughs> like, she treats him so bad yeah, in this and, movie. And let me tell you something, man. There's at least 50 ways to do that. There's 50 ways to leave, to leave your, your lover. lover. You know? And it depends on what your name is, right? Because if your name is Jack, you just slip out the back. Make new plans, Stan. You don't need to be <laughs> coy, Roy. Roy. Set yourself free. <laughs> anyway. I'm going crazy with this I'm, movie. I'm going crazy. Going bonkers. Crazy taxi. <laughs> hey, 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 it's crazy taxi. I haven't played that game in so long. I love that. And and then of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Great song. Great soundtrack. But uh anyways, so uh we're So we? now um Woody is trying to I guess he's I guess Woody mentioned I'm having a hard time remembering, but Woody mentions that he needs to say Forky from the antique shop, which Bo Peep is well acquainted with. Um, that's not a convenience because we saw that her thing was there in the first place. Right. The fact that she got there in the first place is super convenient. True. Very Although convenient. if you watch the Lamp Life short, it explains how she eventually got there by going from owner to owner to owner. Um, I hate that short because it's stupid as hell. Um, whatever. I'm not going to get into the short because I honestly don't remember it that much. I just remember being annoyed the whole time. So, they make their way back to the antique shop with, um, oh yeah, no, the joke I was going to mention, it's the three little three toys that they're like, they basically give each other high fives, and then they keep not giving a high five to the third one, and then they're like, you got a kid to Woody, and he's like, yes, I have a kid, and then he's like, high five, and Woody gives two of them high five, and then the third one, he leaves hanging, <laughs> he's just there hanging for a while, so that was pretty, that, that was a pretty good joke. So, they make their way back to the antique shop. 
Relax. And every time you look at the door, I'm like, is somebody I know, there? I know. You're like, is somebody there? I'm like, no, I just like looking at the photos behind the door. And I'm uh, like, <laughs> Mikey looks sexy. Mm. All right. So you were saying? They make their way back to the antique shop. Um, Buzz, he's doing. Buzz, I think, gets caught and he gets put on like one of the like those games that you see at a carnival. Um, oh, yeah. And that's where we meet Key and Peele's character, which I think is um, like uh, Duck and Bunny. Duck and Bunny or something or like that. Something like that. They're okay. I didn't find them that funny. And I actually like Key and Peele's comedy. Yeah, I just felt like they were very forced. They were. I think they were too restrained because they're in a children's movie. Yeah. But, you know, there is one joke, good joke with them, but the joke goes on a little long, so it kind of ruins the joke. We'll get to that. They make their way to uh, the antique shop. Uh, Bunny, uh, Duck and Bunny and Buzz get there too. Dude, freaking, they start kicking Buzz for no reason. And mm-hmm. so he, he presses his thing, button. it's like, oh, you're, you need to shield yourself. There's low oxygen here. He's like, oh, okay. He freaking clicks it and it, ca- it catches, catches the duck's foot. And he's like, foot. ah. He's like, ah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But again, Buzz is not retarded. And now he is. So move on forward. They devise a plan uh, along with um, Duke Kaboom, who is voiced by Keanu, uh, Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He's, a, he's, he's funny in the movie. He's all right. But his character, they introduce his backstory, and his backstory is very similar to Jesse's, basically. But instead of taking it seriously, they just play it as a joke. Well, I don't think he's a very serious character. I think he kind of meant there to be a comic relief. Yeah, but like it's like it's like the same. It's supposed to be the same story more or less as Jesse's, but it's like now it was like, well, Jesse's was serious, but this one's not. Yeah, and and he has technically now he has something to prove. Yeah. Um. By the way, they come up with this plan with Duke. Oh yeah, we see that there's like this cat in the antique store, dude. We see a, a we see a half of a plush toy, and when we get to this like club, or whatever, we find the other half, and he's just like, eh, yeah, I got, I'm I'm in half, you know. Oh well, <laughs> it's like, are you serious? Like you would think he'd be in pain or something, but it's just like, yeah, I'm in half, whatever. Maybe dude. they don't feel pain. I don't know. Toys clearly feel pain. How? So the in the Woody first movie, when he gets fried with the magnifying glass, he's like, ah, <laughs> he's fucking screaming. Oh, you're right. And he dunks true. his head in the Fruit Loops. That's true. Yeah. Okay. But what about his arm? He didn't. He doesn't feel that. He didn't seem. He like did it, feel that when really? when Stinky Pete ripped it. He went ah. Well, maybe he meant ah because that's like hey, like my arm. Is I think toys off. do feel pain. I don't know to an extent. You know what? Like I, like in the Pizza Planet car when. Um, Oh, when he gets toolbox? hit with the toolbox. Yeah. And he's like all dizzed out. <laughs> well, you know what, man? I feel the pain of everyone. And then I feel nothing. <laughs> Great song. Jay Maskus is so underrated. He's a good guitarist. He's so underrated, though. Like, I don't, I, when, I, when I talk about good guitarists... But he was on the top 100 Rolling Stones list of greatest guitarists what, of all time. Was he really? Yeah. He must have been like 100, though. He was in the 50s, I think. No kidding. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about him. He's like, it's probably because he's like among those guitarists that only guitarists really That's know That's true. About. Yeah. Like Frank Zappa, while being popular as a guitar player, it's mostly guitarists, I think, that talk about him as a guitar player. Well, it's true because Frank Zappa. Well, Frank Zappa isn't very mainstream. He's more mainstream than Jay Masses. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he even has a statue in like one of these like very odd. S- I have a statue. Countries. So really, what's your statue? Where is it? So, continuing with the story, <laughs> they, just buy this, they devise this plan with Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom ends up failing 
but the plan goes ahead anyways. So that was a waste of time, and to ka- the, the plan didn't even need Duke Kaboom. They just introduced him because they wanted Keanu Reeves in the movie for some reason, which I'm okay with Keanu Reeves being in a movie. I like Keanu Reeves. I like Keanu Reeves. But it doesn't matter how much I like Keanu Reeves. There should be a reason for him to be there. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. So, I mean, they, they pretty much made this super crappy plot just to put him into the movie, yeah. really. That's, like, the whole point. So, Forky, um, also during all this, Forky gets closer with Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby tells her sob a story, and she's obsessed with this one little girl, and all she wants is to be this. She's like, oh, not th- she's basically like Yandere. She's like, she's perfect in every way. Look, it's tea time. I'm playing tea. I'm pl- She's fucking crazy. She's playing with her tea set while the little girl is off to the corner of the room playing with her tea set. Right. So, they basically um, route their way to escaping, but they unfortunately aren't able to get Forky. So he's outside with the the duck and bunny character. I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother with their names because I don't actually They're know. Duck and bunny. Whatever. Um, Buzz, Bo Peep. Um, what was the little toy? The like pet patrol toy or whatever. There was one of those? Yeah, she was this tiny little, not Paw Patrol, Pet no, Patrol. No, 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 Pet Patrol. Oh, she yeah, yeah. She was this tiny it, little, it was like little toy that was like Bo thing. Peep's best friend. Yes, and it's yes, like, I oh, know. you got, ooh, is that your boyfriend or whatever? Yes, I'm okay. just here to be the generic side character to the main female protagonist. Yes. And I don't actually have a character like in the other movies. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> They're all like, we're not going back in there. We almost got like eaten by the cat and all this other crap. And Woody's like, I'm going to save Forky because he's important. Also in the movie, like, dude, Dolly in the beginning of the movie treats Woody like shit too. Like, she's so mean to him for no reason. Yep. Like, it's like, oh, you know, well, when Andy was a kid and she's like, yeah, well, this isn't Andy. And it's like, um, dude, like, he's getting used to a new kid. You were way nice in the in Toy Story 3. Why is your character... Why are you being a bitch in this movie? Why is everyone retarded in this movie? Everyone sucks ass in this movie now. And of course... Oh, I forgot to mention. Unfortunately, Don Rickles passed away between Toy Story 3 and 4. Um, so he his voice... Uh, he's The few lines he has are basically done with From like, like previous, previous recordings. Yeah. Um. So now Buzz is trying to convince Woody to come back. Woody's gonna says that he's going to save Forky, and Buzz, the way he instead of going to help Woody, he presses the buttons on his chest to tell him what to do, and he keeps pressing it, and they keep saying, "Go back to base, go back to base, go back to base," and instead of just going uh, like like sometimes you need to go against like. Isn't there a good lesson there to, like, just go against? Just follow your gut. Like, follow your gut. Don't just go by, like, I don't know. But he just is like, oh, fine. I'll leave my best friend for the last 10-plus years because the stupid-ass button told me to. Right. <sighs> Makes no sense. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> have any words for that. It's so awful. It's so terrible. So then, after that... After that, Woody goes back in. Gabby Gabby talks to Woody, and she says... Basically, when she was talking to Forky, she also got the info about Andy that Woody told Forky before in the movie. 
So now she basically manipulates Woody by saying, don't you like, like, didn't you say like there are times with Andy were like the best of all time and you wouldn't trade it for anything. And she's like, I just want to have that one. I just want to have it one time. And the way they have Woody say like, like they don't have Woody like, they try to make this a scene that's heartwarming where Woody gives up his voice box to her, but the structure's all wrong. What they should have done is have Woody be able to get Forky back, mm-hmm. and then when he gets him back, as he leaves, Forky could have been the one to tell Woody what Gabby Gabby is saying, and then Woody, of his own choice, could have given his voice box to Gabby Gabby. But that's not right. what happens here. Regardless of how sad Gabby Gabby's story is, regardless of how good you think Woody is, the bottom line is that this is a trade-off. This is for ransom. She, he's not going to get Forky back until he gives her, Gabby Gabby, his voice box. So this isn't just, even if it is out of the kindness of Woody's heart, it's not. Because he's doing this to get Forky back. So he gives, he goes through the whole thing. Um, also, earlier, they're yanking the toy box out of him. Like when they were trying to run away from all the doll, the dolls henchmen's, mm-hmm. they were like yanging that shit out of his back. It was pretty, pretty brutal. So they go, th- they go through with the surgery, and then uh, Gabby, Gabby is left in the corner for the little. Like they basically leave her there for the little girl to find her by uh, pulling her string and having her voice. Her voice works now. So uh, Woody leaves with Forky. But Forky says, "Hey, hold on. Let's let's look at what happens." So Gab- Gabby Gabby gets what she fucking deserves. And this is the best part. This is the part that I laughed at probably the most in Toy Story Four. Mm-hmm. So you know, she and I don't think it was meant to be a joke. I think it, it was, was meant, not it was meant, meant to be, to be sad. A joke. It was meant to but be it was hilarious. <laughs> but it was fucking. Yo. She gets what she fucking deserves, <laughs> just like Lotso, just like Stinky Pete. Just like said, they all get what they deserve. So this is the part of the movie, and and this is my favorite part, where basically she finally gets the voice box, right? So she's all sewn in. She's looking. She's ready to go, right? She's fucking, she's ready to get played with. So then she goes up to the shelf, right, where where she belongs, right? And then, you know, Woody and Forky, because obviously now they're allowed to escape. So And Forky's like, hold on, wait, this is the moment. This is the moment, right? Right? So then, you know, the little girl, she, she picks up Gabby Gabby, right? And she's looking at it, and she's just kind of like eyeing it, right? And then I, I by the way, Forky's like Woody's allowing them to stop to look, despite the fact that Woody very much understands they have a very limited amount of time before Bonnie leaves. Yes, exactly. So, but whatever. So basically, uh, I th- I think she even tries her voice box too, right? She's even just like, she, "Hi, I'm Gabby, Gabby." Gabby, Gabby. Right. And she's like, "Oh, like the little girl's like, oh, this is nice." And then like the, the I think grandma, the grandma, the grandma chimes in and she was like, like "Oh, do you, oh, you want to take that toy home?" She 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 just goes. Nah, nah, and she just throws her immediately into the bin. And then I was dying for like the past, like maybe four or five I minutes. I was like, I was like, hell yeah. But then <laughs> this is the part that sucks ass. What should have happened here is that Forky in character, he would have been, hold on, let's see what happens. And Woody should have said, I'm sorry, Forky. I'm sure things are going to be great, but we need to get back to Bonnie. We're running out of time. And they should have left. That scene should have played out. And then cut back to Woody. Right. And that's that's but no. no that's dude, they did the they literally did the best they could for her. 
Yeah, but no, instead they were just like, no, you can come with us. We have a girl that you can play with. Her name is Bonnie. They try to, they try to portray her that she's not an antagonist. Yeah. Like, if they wanted to do that, they should have did what I said earlier, where they get Forky back, Forky tells Woody the sob story, then Woody of his own choice gives her the voice box. Correct. If they wanted to make her a non-antagonist, if they wanted to redeem her, or even better, not even get Forky back. She should have given Forky back and apologized for literally ripping Woody's back out because that's what just happened a few scenes earlier. Correct. Like, there is no... this, And then, so right now you're thinking, oh, shit. Well, now they're, they're like, look, you can stay with the lost toys. Someone will play with... You can play with a whole bunch of kids. Um, and so they move on. They get back to Bonnie's RV or whatever. Um, the other toys are messing with the RV, messing with the wires in order to, like, Trixie is pretending. It's kind of funny, but, like, dude, I don't know how, like, there's just so much. Like, this isn't the same thing as the pizza planet when they're controlling the car thing, because when they were controlling the car there, there was no one, there was no other human in the car. Right. In this one, Trixie's literally at the dad's feet. By the way, it took the dad a whole day to fix the tire. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, it took him like the whole day. Uh, like it was morning when the tire <laughs> got popped and then it was like late at night and he's like, ah, finally got it done. And it's like, dude, if it takes you that long, call someone. For real, dude. He doesn't have triple A? Like what's up with that? Dude, we have internet now. We have internet. I, who know nothing about cars, I guarantee you I could change, if I have the equipment, I could change a tire. Well, not even that. You just call up AAA. They'll take care of it for you. It's like, how, how are you going to own an RV or like any sort of motor vehicle and not have AAA? Or like any sort of roadside assistance like with your insurance? Like, I don't know. I just thought that was like definitely a big old plot, like terrible plot. Well, that's not a plot hole or and, and maybe it's a plot it's contrivance. Kinda, it's kind of. But all it would speak to is that Bonnie's dad is an idiot. Pretty much. Which most, I guess most of the characters in this, in this movie are idiots. Yeah, yeah Buzz is an idiot. Jesse, dude, do you honestly believe Jesse would let Buzz go save Woody on, like, I guess Buzz left Jesse to, you know, take care of the rest of the toys, but why wouldn't he, Dolly is clearly the leader of Bonnie's toys. Right. Why wouldn't Jesse go with Buzz, leave the taking care of the toys to Dolly? There you go. But, But whatever. unfortunately, that's not how it plays out. They don't want to use Jesse. They don't want to use her. So, basically, long story short, they get to the carnival, right? Because that's where Bonnie's, like, parent. Well, actually, no. Because I, th- I think they try to get to the RV park, but then Bonnie's parents are like, all right, we're leaving. So then what ends up happening is that the toys end up taking control of the RV. And it's because that they take control of the RV that they end up meeting uh, Woody and uh, who else? Uh, Bo Peep, I think, as well, mm-hmm. back at the carnival. And so they're able to more or less work together to just meet up at the carnival. And the toys just do some crazy thing. Th- the cops pull up behind them. It's hilarious, right? So, uh, which, by the way, I think I think it's just really funny that the dad had no legal repercussions of, like, that. Yeah, for real. He, I, did he <laughs> even get to take it? He drove into a fucking carnival. With people. With children. people, yeah. And then the cop is just like, all right, well, that, that's just a warning for you. Like, what? You've endangered so many people. And you're just going to move on like nothing ever had to... Well, you didn't run anybody over, so it's okay. Like, no! <laughs> I think he should have at least gotten a ticket. That way it would have made more sense. Dude. The cop was just like, oh, you're having problems? That just... Okay, all right, fine. Yeah, I'll just let you go without... Don't do it again. <laughs> uh, no, it's stupid. So, whatever. 
Uh, long story short. And dude, they, why, what was up with the unicorns? Uh, unicorns' obsession with getting the father taken to jail. I don't know. He kept saying, "Oh, he's gonna get arrested. arrested. He's gonna go to." Why? Why? Why is that your obsession? <laughs> why do you have animosity towards the father? Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, okay, but there is a part of the movie where eventually Gabby Gabby is sort of more or less redeemed, where they are escaping toward the RV, but then Gabby Gabby seems like a lost child. And so Gabby and so Gabby Gabby and Woody are pretty much like they're left behind while everyone else is trying to just go to the RV. And so Woody's just like, it's okay, you know, like I'm sure sh- like she would love to play with you or whatever, right? And so she's like, Are you sure? I, 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 what if I get tossed again? And he's like, you're not going to get tossed again. Look at her. She's, she's helpless. She, she wants a toy. So then she was like, all right. So then she literally just put herself out there. And then the little kid is just like, oh, this is a cool toy. Are you lost too? Are you lost too? Yeah, I was just like, what do you mean, are you lost too? Like, that's not the first thing. She's a little girl. I guess, whatever. So You can assume she's like maybe a little bit older than Monty and she's lost. So so she she basically gets accepted by the kid. And then... Um, a cop just happens co- to be passing. No, it's by. not a cop. It's actually like a security guard for Is the it? carnival. Yeah, there's actually two security guards for the carnival. And then, like, I guess they just kind of help each other out because they're just like, "Hey, come over here." It's like, yeah, what's they wrong? Very, very, very quickly find the parents. Yeah, which, by the way, I don't think that actually happens in it real life. Ha- I mean, they would they would find the parents, of course. That child would have been lost forever, but it would have taken longer than yeah, right no. there. Yeah, I know, no, but it's just really funny how everything just kind of came together. Like so quickly, I'm like, ah, that that seemed a little too, you know, seemed a little too quick. But anyway, so uh, long story short, uh, Woody decides that, hey, guys, you're better off without me, uh, but I'm going to stay with Bo Peep. Yeah, he's just like, you know, I, I've lived out my life as a toy. Now I'm going to stay with Bo Peep. And then and then and, and it's really funny that all the toys were kind of just like on board with it. They were like, yeah, OK, Buzz bye. Is like, Buzz is like, she'll be OK. Bonnie will be okay. It's like, dude, Bonnie was still. So here's the thing. If you wanted me and people that are actually looking, paying attention to this movie to believe that Bonnie didn't care about Woody, you wouldn't show her playing with Forky and Woody. You would only show her playing with Forky and Woody being on the side. So it doesn't like, dude, how many years was Andy not playing with like all of his toys with all of his toys and Woody. I don't know. If we assume maybe Andy was playing with toys until he was 12 or 14. I would say 14. That's 4 years of them not being played with. Yeah, cuz he goes to college at compared, 18. Compared to what the movie itself says, cuz the movie didn't say it, we could assume oh maybe he hasn't been played with for a while. If we ass- if, but the movie tells us specifically, oh this is the third time this week you haven't been played with. Three times in a week, and Woody's ready to abandon Bonnie? Four years with Andy? And it's not just that Bonnie isn't Andy. Bonnie was given... like It's not like Bonnie happened to get Woody. As we talked about, Andy entrusted Woody and all the toys to Bonnie. It's not a stretch to think that when he comes home from college, he's probably going to visit Bonnie... And he's probably going to want to, like, check out either how the toys are doing or, you know, in general, just, like, see what's going on. And Bonnie is going to have... Dude, how much was Bonnie crying over losing Forky? Yeah, like, a ton. Like, if she realizes Woody is gone... Dude, like... And so, what did we learn from Woody in the first movie? 
it's okay that if you're not the favorite toy. Right. What did we learn from the second one? That it's better to live a short life with a kid than to live a long life forever. Exactly. And then the third one, the final lesson that all of them learned and that the song says, we belong together, is they should stay together. We belong Belong together. together. It's a good song. And now they're not together. Now Woody's like, and at the end of Toy Story 2, Woody tells Buzz that no matter what happens, no matter the uncertain future, like it kind of leaves on like a, Toy Story 2 ends on a bittersweet note of not knowing what's going to happen in the future, but knowing that Buzz and Woody are always going to be together. And that's it. Buzz and Woody are not going to be together anymore. The toys get to see Bo Peep for like five seconds, and they're like, oh my God, you're here, whatever. So they go their separate ways, and they have the fucking balls to have Woody and Buzz say to each other, to infinity and beyond. It's not to infinity and beyond. You are never going to see each other again unless we get another huge contrivance. Yes. Which would be even, like, the chances of them going on the same trip to the same place, considering the bad experience the parents had, the parents are never going to want to go on an RV trip again. Right. They're never going to want to. And even if they do, why would they go to the exact same place? They would want to go to some place, even if they didn't have a bad experience, you'd want to go to some place new. It's not like Disney World that, oh, yeah, we can consistently go to Disney World and it's going to be a good time every time. It's a random carnival. You can find those in any state. And then on top of that, you get to go to any state. Yep. They're, They're never, Buzz and Woody, without an extremely insane contrivance, are never seeing each other again. It's true. So, and some people have said, oh, well, now Woody uh, stayed to help out other toys find owners. That wasn't part of Bo Peep and Woody's discussion as to for why he should be a lost toy. That was not part of the the equation at all. That's just something they added to the credits to be like, oh, look at what Woody's doing. It's nice that Woody's doing that. And if that was part of his plan, it would make a little more sense. But the only thing we see that Woody wants is to get played with and to be with Bo Peep. That's That's not enough. And that's and that's very selfish. It's very selfish. It's very very selfish. Extremely selfish. But what can you do? The movie's already out. It's already made. You can't rewrite it. So uh, just like the sequel trilogy, just like the sequel. it's not canon for me. I'm saying this right now, folks. If I have a child, I'll let. I mean, they can watch whatever movie they want. But so long as I have the the remote control, I'll show them one. I'll show them two. I'll show them three, and I will not show them four. Yep. If they want to watch four, that's their decision, but I will not actively show them four. The same way I wouldn't actively, like if I have kids, I'm not going to actively show them those Transformers movies. But if they want to see it, there's nothing inherent. I mean, there's some racist jokes in it, but there's nothing inherently awful about the Transformers <laughs> movies. Okay, so ratings. Let's talk about that. You go first. It's a five. I'm going to give it, you know what? I'm going to give it a four. Damn. I'm giving it a four because you know what? It's visually amazing. No, no, it is. It's it is. so stunning. The music is still good. Right, cinematography the, is very nice. All the voice acting, including Gabby Gabby, is very, very good. So much of the superficial stuff is very good. Mm-hmm. Part of that is that Disney and Pixar have a shit ton of money. You very know, true. It, it's unless you really hire back, which is why it's an it's amazing how the Lion King, dude. There's like a lot of parts in the Lion King. A remake where the microphone peaks. 
Seriously? In a, what is it, a $2 million movie. Probably more than that, actually. It's probably $200 million. They put all their budget in CGI and like, all right, here's 50 bucks for the audio engineers. (laughs) I'll send you like the, not even, I'm not going to send you specific videos. I'm going to send you the YMS channel and you can watch his highlights of him editing his Lion King review, which is probably going to be two hours long. But he's he's been editing the Lion King review and he streams his, his editing. So there's a clips channel that uploads clips of YMS and he literally shows you like in I just can't wait to be king in the new version. There's a part where they auto correct uh, uh, the kid's voice mm-hmm. off key. They pitch oh, corrected yeah. him half a step up. Oof. So that had to be conflicting with everything that was going on. huh? Yeah, well, it was a specific one note. But when he points it out, when he brings out a piano and he shows you, you can hear it. I couldn't hear it at first, but. But it's very obvious. Which was probably the same logic that Disney was like, do you want to fix that? Nah, you can barely hear it. Yeah. And and then the funny thing is if you watch all the other languages, they don't have those same mistakes. Oh, wow. That's funny. So. <sighs> so, yeah. Toy Story gets, look, like I said in the beginning, if it was its own movie without anything, there's still a lot of like plot contrivances like, oh, this toy happened to be there, this and that. So it would be like a 7 out of 10. But the fact that it's connected to Toy Story... It totally destroys Woody's character, totally destroys Buzz's character. Jesse is barely a character. All the other toys are barely in it. Like, dude, when they announced th- when they announced this movie, they I originally heard it was going to be a love story. So what do I think? Mm-hmm. Do I think, oh, they're going to bring Bo Peep back out of nowhere? No, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to expand upon Buzz and Jesse's relationship. Right. We're gonna, they're going to be the focus. Woody's probably going to be in the background because he, he's 100% done. He was pretty much almost done by the end of Toy Story 2, but now he's 100% done. Buzz is pretty much done as a character too, but Jesse, she still has room to grow. But no, we focus on both. The movie is about Woody. We could have had a movie about Jesse and Buzz, but we had a movie. because And on top of that, the main character could have been Jesse because – it should have been Jesse. It should have been Jesse. If we have the same, okay, let's say we have the same plot, but Jesse, remove Forky. Forky's Forky's funny sometimes. He's not that bad. One, it's really shitty that they released a twenty dollar. I think it's like twenty dollars for a f- build your own Forky. Seriously? Look it up. Look up build your own Forky. I'm not. Uh, that's crazy. I'll look it up. No, I, fine. I guess I'll look it up, God. Dude, like, I think it's twenty dollars when you can get that same material. For, like, way cheaper. Like, the fact, that's one thing that's really awful, but that has nothing to do with the movie. Forky's literally just a plot device to get Woody from point A to point B. That's all Forky is. Oh, my God. They do have a build-your-own Forky. How much is it? It's, uh, let me see how much it is. Uh, Toy Story 4 Forky Creativity Set. They don't even call it a B-Y-O-F. It's, uh, it's actually ten ninety. That's still a lot of money. That is still a lot of money. I'm pretty sure when it first came out, it was $20. Oh, it is putty at the bottom, by the way. Oh, okay. But I am pretty sure it was $20 when it first came out. It says $12.99 is the normal price. I'm fact-checking I'm fact checking you live. Mikey, you're a liar. I don't know. I remember it's seeing it. It's $12.99. Mikey, it's $12.99. Well, they probably lowered the price because nobody was f- dumb enough to buy it. Yeah, also the fork that they use is fucking gigantic. Let me see. Look at that shit. Hold on. Look, 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 look at that shit. Holy shit. <laughs> Why is it so big? I don't know. It's not even like a real spork. It's like fucking... Oh, yeah. At the end of... Is there a new... Ver- okay. Is there a new version of You Got a Friend of Me at the end of Toy Story 4? Um, Is there? I don't remember. Can you look up the soundtrack real quick? 
Yeah, I guess, man. Let me see. So, hey, Jamie, can you can you pull up the soundtrack real quick? Hey, Jamie, can you uh, can you pull that up right quick? Yeah. So, um, that's another thing all the movies had. Not that you needed a new version of You Got a Friend in Me, but that just shows, like, okay, so this is the first Toy Story movie that is not directed by John Lasseter. This is directed, and this is... This is something Disney seems to like doing a lot. They keep getting giving first direct. They, they like to give these big movies direct to directors that are doing their first debut. Yep. Why would you give Toy Story four to a director's first debut? Why wouldn't you give them an, a new IP? Yeah, I don't know. It's either, the same man. thing with uh, Ryan Johnson. Not that he hadn't made movies before. He made like Looper and other movies, but. This was his first time with a big budget movie. Why wouldn't you give it to someone that has experience with that? Or why didn't they just give it to J.J. Abrams, like, all three? That way it could be a lot more coherent. I mean, it would be more coherent. I don't know if it's, like, because Seven is still not that good. But if... It, Seven was far better than the other two. Oh, though. it's far better. But, like, to me, Seven is still, like, a six or a five. That's all right. Like... So, so I think... And I think this is not a re-recording at all. I think they just reused the same track for You Got a Friend of Me. I don't think they have it there. It looks like everything else is just score, but uh, they have the new song, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, which I thought was a pretty good song. I thought it was fine, but like we were comparing it to the other ones. Yeah, I mean, it's still not as good as the other ones. Though. I, I don't remember it. Yeah, this is how it goes. If it'll remember, this is the, this is the scene where uh, Forky kept trying to throw himself away, which is... Oh my god, so, he old. so old. I don't like that. Yeah, like that's like the that's what also why I don't like hearing James Earl Jones as a new Mufasa because you can hear how old he is and it sounds like they're forcing him into the booth. Yeah, it is. You're just like play play played, monkey, play. He's dance, like, monkey, I can't dance. Let you. I can't let you. I saw a comment and you got a friend of me being like, I always thought Randy Newman was black. It's like <laughs> I've never thought that. Never thought that either. Not that I ever knew what he looked like until like a few years ago, but like, I never thought that. Yeah, dude, this is an extremely long podcast. I'm looking at it now. That's that's we, this is probably our longest one yet. Probably our longest one. But uh, anyways, so that's, so that's it, right? I think we're done. Yeah, I mean, I would just be retouching on things I've talked about already. But well, to what's recap, the point? to recap, to recap, this movie sucks ass. <laughs> if you like it, that's 100 percent fine. But I'm you're not wrong saying, and we hate you. Yeah, you're wrong and I hate you. No, but if, like, legitimately, I'm going to be serious. If you like it and if you legit, like, if this movie made you cry and you legit felt feelings, I'm not saying those feelings aren't legitimate. Those are what you actually felt at the time. When I first saw The Last Jedi, I liked it. I thought it was great. And then I saw it a year later and I was like, wait a minute, this is shit. <laughs> but when I first saw it, I mean, all that joy I had when I first saw it, that wasn't legit, delegitimate de or illegitimate. Illegitimate. It, I, I felt that shit. And if you, and even after all of our criticisms and you still watch it and you still like it, that's 100% fine. You can like movies and like we can, first of all, we can have different opinions. Second of all, even if a movie is objectively bad, you can enjoy it. That's perfectly fine. That's very true. Like, like how I still kind of enjoy Batman vs. Superman, even though I know it's a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. I enjoy it. I really like Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Those movies are dog shit. They are. They're so bad. They're really bad. But I'll tell you, I, I, like, I like those two. They're I actually, love his suit in yeah. 2. His suit in 2 is actually, like, It's perfect. comic accurate. Comic Although accurate. Although I do like the, the homecoming suits as well. I like all the suits. 
Do you like all of them? I don't like Spider the Amazing Spider-Man one suit. Did not like it. Uh, it grew on me, but I did not like it when I first saw it. Didn't I'll like say it. that. I still don't like it. I don't. I don't like it at all. That's fair. It it's uh, it's like them being like, oh, we're gonna Dark Knight Spider-Man. It's Kinda like Spider-Man's gross. not supposed to be Dark Knight. Spider-Man's supposed to be like Superman, which is why Man of Steel sucks ass because they tried a Dark Knight Superman. I thought Man of Steel was actually one of the strongest DC films. Well, if you compare it to the other ones, definitely. But that's not saying a lot. Well, I mean, okay, well, look, Wonder Woman was good. Superman, if Batman doesn't kill, Superman definitely shouldn't kill. Well, actually, that's not true. Superman kills more Superman often than Batman. Superman kills more often than Batman. What but the? still, not on his first go. Hey, you don't know that. He just snaps that poor guy's neck. And then someone was arguing with me online. They're like, oh, well, like, well, what else was he supposed to do? I don't know. The writers don't have to write him in that situation. I guess that's true. I hate when people argue about movies as if they're set in stone and they couldn't have been written differently. Like, that's another thing that I think is productive about our conversation today is that I'm bringing up ideas to fix Toy Story 4. I don't think it's unsalvageable. You know what? Then fix it. Become a filmmaker and fix it. If I if legit Disney came up to me and says, hey, do you want to direct Toy Story 4? I would say I'll advise, but I'm not going to direct because I'm responsible enough to understand I do not have the experience to do that. Right. And Josh Cooley should have done the same. He should have turned down the opportunity. Because, look. Josh Cooley, Josh more Cooley, like Jew- If we're going based only on the directing and not the writing of the film, it's fine. The directing is perfectly fine. Yeah. I was going to say Josh Cooley, more like Josh Warming. And this, and Toy Story 4, by the way, has the most writers uh, when it comes to the story. There's... John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton, which was on every has been on every film, they return. How big of a role they play? I feel like they didn't have a big role. I would be surprised considering what we experienced. Well, we gotta watch the behind the scenes stuff I'm and, not on the on that. the DVD. I'm not watching that because they're gonna have all the actors being like, like, dude, Tom Hanks was like, this is like, I cried at the end of the recording of this. I'm like, shut up, Tom. Did Hanks. you? I mean, if you did, that's <laughs> fine. But like, like. Di- I don't know, man. So Tom Hanks is stupid. Hey, that's right. We're calling you out. Tom Hanks, I hope you're listening. And if you are, you're stupid. I wonder if, like, if, like, maybe, if, like, if you talk to Tom Hanks, like, privately, if he would, t- if, and if you, because maybe he doesn't, I'm sure he has so many other things on his mind. He doesn't even think about this shit. But I wonder if he heard our podcast. He never will. But he if, never I will. Remember, I wonder if Tom Hanks ever heard our podcast. He heard our criticisms of the movie. And I talked to him privately, not publicly, because Disney will smite him. But if we talk to him <laughs> privately, would he agree with our criticisms about Woody? Because Luke, uh, Mark Hamill at first was saying, yeah, this isn't Luke Skywalker. This is like Jake Skywalker. Like, he's acting nothing like Luke. Yeah, pretty and much. And then later on, he was like, hey, you know, I don't want any problems in the community. So, you know, I just, just like, I think the movie's fine, whatever. And then, like, I think it was like this year or last year, he was still throwing some he shade. Was shade at the movie. Yeah. As he should. Well, he should because Last Jedi portrays Luke. Dude, Luke Skywalker must be the most important role to to Mark Hamill. That pretty yes. much created his career. Yes, I mean he was very typecast after Star Wars, though. No, he wasn't. What? Okay. What? No, no. I'm sorry. No, you're right. I was thinking of another. Because okay, yeah, I think you're thinking of um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was typecast. Yeah, because after Star Wars, what was it after Star Wars that he started doing all these like crazy like sci-fi? I think films? Indiana Jones came before Star right. Wars, or maybe just after. But yeah, he was in a lot of action films. Yeah, and he was al- he was also in this rom com that I can't remember. It was really dumb, and I hated but it. But no, Mark Hamill. I mean, 
He ended up getting typecast as a villain when it came to VA work. Yeah, which is really interesting. Which, by the way, he 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 is the Joker. There's no he's other. He's the best Joker. He's the hands best down. Joker, hands down. Mark Hamill, come on our podcast. We'll <laughs> all show you our Joker impressions. No, we won't. No. I just start cackling. <laughs> <laughs> for our Halloween episode, I'll do a Joker laugh. You're gonna you're gonna be the Joker. Oh, what should we do for Halloween episode? Um, I don't know. Uh, we could talk about... Well, we could do Halloween episodes for the month of October. Sure. All right. So I I think we're done with Toy Story 4 and the Toy Story series. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, check out our music on Spotify and iTunes and, and all everything. that good stuff. And a few announcements. And a few announcements. So... Mikey is gay, like we said from before. No. So at the, at the conclusion of this podcast, you will be hearing a cover of You've Got a Friend in Me by me and Danny. And I think it came out pretty well. I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, a few other announcements. Um, we're going to kind of have a loose schedule for the podcast. So we're sticking to every Saturday as a new episode of the podcast, unless, you know, circumstances, you know, prevent us. But this is basically how it's going to run down. Um, once once a week we'll do, I mean, uh, once a month we'll do a free episode where we'll either talk about, we'll just have a conversation like we did in the first episode, or we'll talk about a, top, a topic you guys suggest. We'll do a tier list where we basically um, go through like a specific subject. Like for example, how we mentioned before, a Pixar tier list right. might be something that we do. And for those podcasts, we'll actually record the screen so that way um, you guys can see us messing with the tier list on the podcast for the um, so those will be less of podcasts more of just like a, a YouTube video we'll have a review so either we can review a series or we can review a specific game or album um, and you guys can suggest any of these things if you want a tier list album review movie review any of those things just hit us up you know either DM us or leave something in the comments we prefer the comments uh to get us in that algorithm, baby. Yeah, baby. Baby. But uh, you just let us know and we'll do that. And then we'll have a guest slash interview once a month as well. Yes. Um, but for our next interview, we're planning to have on our good friends, JT and Kadir. And we're going to tier list a bunch of MCU movies and a bunch of DC Universe movies. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to go with. Yes. Yes. Um, so um, I yeah. guess we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, I got angry. Um, and whenever we talk about movies that I hate, you can expect that. But so, I was pretty calm for one and two and three. Yeah, because they were actually good films. They're good films. <laughs> and I, lo- I really, I can't stress this enough. Toy Story means a lot to me. And that's probably why I got so pissed off. Yeah. But anyways, guys, here we go. You got a friend in me. Woo! <laughs> You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles in your nice warm just remember what your old pal said For you've got a friend in me Yeah, you've got a friend in me You've 
You've got a friend in me. 